Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 139th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. This is our season three finale, our last leg of our holiday spectacular. Uh, welcome. My name is Bill Bodkin. You know me by now. I'm that gray beard son of a bitch who hosts this thing along with a cavalcade of all stars. Uh, before we get into everything, we want to wish everyone a happy holidays, happy new year. We are recording this on December 20th. So some things we might say was like, well, we're talking about we haven't done Christmas yet, yet. And this is dropping right before New Year's. There's your context for everyone. Just letting everyone know we are not taking a break in the new year like we normally do. We are coming back next week where we start our Cornetto Trilogy review series, kicking things off with Shaun of the Dead, special guests, Allie Nelson and Tyler McCarthy of the Not Couple Goals podcast, because Allie was really bummed she couldn't join us last week for Die Hard, and apparently Shaun of the Dead's her favorite movie, so I'm like, all right, we will have you on. Also in January, don't forget, we're going to be reviewing our first new series of the year, HBO Max's The Last of Us which uh, looks pretty cool. So before I introduce my guests, a uh, couple thank yous we want to get out of the way. Like I said, we did 50 episodes this year. I didn't say it before because I mentioned in the pre-show, which you guys didn't hear, 50 episodes this year. So thank you to all our guests. And I'm going to name them for you because we had a lot of repeats. So it's not that bad. Thank you to special guests, uh, Joe and Brendan from Modern Chemistry, Tommy Siegel uh, from Jukebox the Ghost, uh, author Preeti Chibber, as well as our plethora of uh, guests we had on this year, Mike Haliger, uh, uh, Matt Kelly of Nando V Movies, Kyle Masters of the Elite POV Podcasts, uh, Dan Cohen of the Batman by Numbers Podcasts, our own podcast editor, Alex Marcus, Courtney and Marshall from Blurred Watchers, Lucas P. Jones, our Chewbacca and engineer, uh, the greatest man the greatest man and the greatest named man of all time, Ken Graham Pierre, the aforementioned Tyler, Tyler, Tyler and Allie, the worst person ever to write for popbreak.com, Ryan DeMarco, Mike Mueller of the Sweet Chin Musings podcast, Sean Cordy, who I soundly defeated and finished our fantasy football playoffs, uh, Mike Vacchiano and Matt Wittes of the Bob Culture podcast, comedian Melissa Jobin, Tommy Tracy, Kelly McGovern, Michelle and DJ Chapman from the Roses and Rejections podcast, Rajani Rawls, Ninoshka, Vasquez Suaro, Rachel Freeman, and our favorite sad millennial queer, Alicia Weinberger. That's the name she wanted me to announce her as going forward. You will hear her on the Last of Us podcast because she says, if we don't, we've committed a crime. So thank you for all those people for coming on this year and the uh, group of people we have on this podcast for the first ever socially distanced awards are the people you've heard so many times on this podcast. First, let me introduce to you the one of the co-hosts of this podcast, uh, the founder really of this podcast. He's the idea guy. I just make everything happen. What That's a year really for true. this guy. What a year for this guy. Personally, double dad. Had a kid, adorable. Don't know how him and his wife keep making good-looking babies. Well, they take after their mom, thank God. It's an old dad joke. You just go with it, and you have to say it. Uh, of course, professionally this year, the man shot so many great uh, photos. Go check him out at Al Manorino on Instagram, covering the VMAs this year, stadium shows, 
beachfront festivals, all sorts of great stuff, and interviewing his favorite band, a band we named a category after, uh, one of my uh, good friends and a guy I can never get rid of, Al Manorino. What's going on, pal? If this podcast is anything like this intro, my God, we are in for a treat. <laughs> we are, um, because our category names are so long. They're long, and that is 1,000% your fault. Um, yep. But yes, this is... Uh, I love work. doing it. You did I, the idea. Thank you. Um, well, thank you, as always, for having me on the podcast that we started together three years ago, which is insane. Uh, I'm so um, honored and thrilled to be with uh, some of my favorite people on this episode specifically, but so thankful for everyone who's joined us the last uh, year. We had a great time. This is a uh, an opportunity for Bill and I to kind of do whatever we want and talk to our favorite people, talk about the things that we love uh, to get a break from everything else happening around the world started in the pandemic and kind of continued since. So uh, just really happy to be here. And thank you, Bill. You are uh, without a doubt, uh, one of my best friends on the face of the earth. Um, love talking to you every day. You do. Um, and uh, yeah, love doing this with you. So uh, okay. let's get to the good people. And for everyone who's like, why do you keep calling it socially distanced? Well, there's a good reason for this, because while Al and I are still in New Jersey and we have seen each other this year within the past few months, our guests are all over the country. Yeah. First, let's introduce like. Our bio on our podcast said two pop culture obsessed dads. Well, it's now two pop culture obsessed dads and a pop culture obsessed mom. If you don't believe me, check our anchor page because I changed it. Uh, she uh, started this year as our resident guest on our Boba Book Club, where we all suffered through the book of Boba Fett. And boy, oh boy, outside of those two Mandalorian episodes. We sure as shit did. Uh, and then, of course, she was on everything to do with Star Wars. And eventually, you know, one of us had to go have a kid. So we needed we needed to bring someone in to, um, you know, be better than me as a host. So we brought her in. Follow her on Instagram at The Mandalorian, the human Star Wars encyclopedia. Amanda Rivas, welcome to your first socially distanced finale. Uh, thank you, Bill and Al. I mean, obviously, I just I've had the best time doing this both as resident guest and now as co-host. And just this is just so much fun. It's it's given me an outlet to to just nerd out on all the things with my, some of my favorite people. So um, I'm excited. I had a lot of fun thinking about responses for these categories. So I'm I'm ready. And again, thank you guys for having me and just and for I'm excited for next year already. I'm doing a little math right here. So uh, next, it's been a minute since we've talked to two of our favorite people out from the West Coast. Potentially the last time we it's not from a lack of trying. It always is a little bit of scheduling because I believe the last time we talked, we were talking about Thor, which I really liked. And I think I was in the minority on that podcast. Um, but they are two of our favorite people. And uh, first, he does not write for the popbreak.com but he is he is our one of our favorite favorite bearded people on the site and that says a lot cuz there's a lot of bearded people on this site <laughs> and we we named a category after him because he has had one hell of a year professionally in the world of animation with Young Justice, Bugs Bunny Builders and the Scooby Doo Halloween special which if you didn't see that you really should even though it's Christmas it's a really good special i enjoyed it a lot mm -hmm. Mr. Cole Rothacker 
buddy. It's been a minute. Glad to have you back. Yeah, glad to be back. How are you, Bill? I mean, listen, it's almost Christmas. This is my time of year. So I, I am doing good. I have one day left to work until I get a very small respite. So I'm very happy for that. Oh, actually, by the time this comes off, yes, I actually am off today. So, hey, yay for oh, nice. me. Um, that makes me happy. Yes. And of course, we bring to you when Cole's on, we always have the Pop Break Music Editor, who was after two years of just nothing happening in the music world. Everything happened in the music world. She shot every festival that mattered in the greater L.A. region, including shooting the likes of Lord. Nine Inch Nails, Arctic Monkeys, the Linda Lindas, so many more. Cat Manos, it was great to see your words and photos back on the site this year. You know, after two years of just regaling us with excellent pop culture musings on this podcast, welcome back. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. It's so crazy getting to shoot again because there was there was genuinely a minute there where I was like, "What if I forgot how to use a camera?" <laughs> What if I just, what if I don't understand how to use it anymore? What if the lens falls off and then you're just out there doing it and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this is, this is a thing. So yeah. Cat brave the wilds of not being on lists and people not getting, uh, confirming things until after the show invites, uh, you know, broken promises, broken dreams. It was a, it felt like we were back to normal yeah. uh, <laughs> in the worst and best way possible in many ways. Yeah. And then finally coming to us from the heart of the uh, mid-Atlantic region. Uh, no, he's not working for Jim Crockett promotions only. Amanda will get that joke. Um, he went from being one of our first guests to barely appearing last year, to getting on to close to 20 episodes this year. Uh, he is our the guy we go to when someone falls out and he's like, God damn, Bill Bodkin, all you got to do is say my name and I'm there. And literally has done it every time. Last week, he was a drunk FBI agent. The week before, he was just talking a lot about cocaine and the 1978 Star Wars holiday special. So many things that we want to talk about this guy. He has an award named after him as well. Ben Murkison. We should get like a gold blazer for you or something, but I neither Al or I have money for literally anything these days. So you get to come on the podcast again. <laughs> that's that's all that I need, honestly. Uh, I'm just very thankful for the opportunity that you keep bringing me on here and keep letting me write for this site. It just gives me an excuse to continue to consume way too much content and Gives me fun people to talk to about it that actually care like myself. Yep. And we won't talk about that Giants Commanders game because we do not want that rage monster coming out. Not I don't remember it at all. No. You probably, what game? You what probably, game? There was no game. You, you probably, there was no game. He doesn't remember anything from that night. Um, let's get into our new, our first segment of the podcast. Yes, we're actually going to start the podcast now. Uh, called the pregame. Uh, usually this is a bit of like newsworthy stuff that we do, but we've recorded the last three episodes within five days of each other. Not a lot has happened within the world of pop culture. So what I'm going to do is since we're recording this on the 20th, we have about 11 days left in the year. Guys, what is that television show or movie or album or comic book or anime you absolutely need to watch or listen to or read before the end of 2022. The one you're like, I got to get this one through. I call this Bill Bodkin promised multiple people 
very close to him last year that he would watch Thor Ragnarok and he did it with two hours to spare in the year last year. I did it. I'm a dick, but I did it. So guys, what is that piece of pop culture you need to get done before the ball drops? And we are in 2023. Uh, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. Bullet train. I'm guilty. I've been really wanting to watch it. And every uh, people I've talked to, and I know, you know, I think Al, Ben, we've talked about it and Bill, it's like, it's one of those must sees and people really like it. So I, I really do need to watch it. It's in my genre. I love action movies. So um, I need to watch it and I will watch it before the end of the year. Let's take it to the West coast. Uh, Kat, what do you got? What do you need to do? What do you, what is that thing you need before the end of the year? Um, mute. I knew that we're how many years into this and we're muting. It's fine. End of season three. Don't worry about it. Someone had to do it. It's fine. It's fine. It was me. Um, this is more of like a, like a personal list. Um, it is Christmas time, which we discussed and there are many Christmas movies to be watched. Um, we've watched many already, but we have yet to watch some classics. So I have a list that must, we must get through. Uh, but by the end of the year, which is um, limited to, uh, it's not limited to, but includes um, White Christmas, at least two of the Little Women films, um, Elf, Santa Claus, and A Christmas Story. Um, we've watched other ones, but that's my must have. Did you say Christmas Carol? Shit. Okay, we're adding Muppet Christmas. <laughs> and don't forget. forgot that. They got I did the, watch that. They got the uh, was the they got the new cut. Right. They got the new cut with that song that got deleted. The Snyder cut. I watched that today. The Snyder yes. cut of Muppet the Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's Release all in black. The it's, all, cut. it's all in black and white for but four it's a, hours. But it's a it's a Muppet version of Zack Snyder. Ooh, I love that actually. I, I love, actually, I love that. but yeah. only if they also get Michael Caine to be in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Caine can be yeah. Alfred. He's the only human in it. Everyone's a Muppet except Michael Caine. (laughs) He'd be like, all right, I'll do it. (laughs) Terrible Michael Caine. That was pretty bad. (laughs) It was pretty bad. It was more along the lines of uh, Oscar Isaac and Moon Knight. (laughs) But uh, but Uh, Cole. uh, Do we have a best accent category? Because I think that would have won. Oh, that would have. Is this strictly things from this year we need to see? Oh, could be anything. Cap okay. already broke that. Yeah, Cap broke okay. it. So you're in the same household. So well, I'll, I'll I only it. thought of things from this year. So the, that's a few fine. I want to see before the end of the year are Babylon, which is okay. Damien Chazelle's new movie, which I'm kind of like. I heard it's fucking bananas. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think literally and figuratively. I'm it's, looking forward to it, but I'm a little yeah. iffy on it too. It's I'll, like the Wolf of Wall Street know. meets the Fablemans. Yeah, it's kind of like what it looks like. <laughs> uh, um, we think did, about uh, it. That was great. Um, I Gotta also watch that. To see can't wait. Violent Night, the David mm-hmm. oh yes, Santa Same. Claus movie. It's good. It's on VOD already. It's I, really I good. I'm very excited. Um, it's so good. <laughs> I want to see Smile, which my mom told me was very good. Now on Paramount Plus, I just subscribed to a year for oh, it. They're doing it like fifty percent off, so I got it. It's oh, like four dollars a month now. Uh, right. still want to see the menu, which everybody seems to say yeah. is very good. Heard that HBO was good Max, too. Yeah, I've heard and, that uh, too. I, I kind of want to see Clerks three, but I sort of know what Same. happened, and it sounds depressing. Okay. Don't tell me. Same. Haven't seen it. I want to see it too. Yeah, yes. I'm okay. Yeah, well, I'll eventually see it, but I there's things about it that have put me off. There's a reason I haven't watched it yet. Um, okay. 
You don't need to go through your whole list. That, yeah, that's about it. Really. Yeah, that's really the main things. Yeah. I'm going to pick the one that everyone's going to want to slap me for not seeing yet. That's everything, everywhere, all at once. It's deserve to get slapped. I, I do. I do. I listen. I do. Uh, so yes, that will be watched before the end of the year. It's one I've just been wanting to see. I think it's streaming somewhere now, so I'm going to find it and watch. I think Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. So I have Showtime. So yeah, I'll definitely get to that before the end of the year because I think that's going to be a big time Oscar movie this year for sure. Um, better so, yeah hopefully michelle young gets that a best actress nomination that'd be yeah. amazing uh ben besides yeah. a commander's win what do you need to see before the end of the year let's go with something that's uh easy to do um i didn't get to see it, it in, i didn't get to see it in theater so uh, i still have to see glass onion knives out mystery mm-hmm. uh so brian johnson when not associated with star wars i think is a fantastic writer and uh hey I know. As a, as a host, I'm just gonna say, hey. stop it. I know. Uh, but I loved Knives Out, um, and I'm really looking forward to watching this one. Um, it's supposed to hit Netflix on Friday, uh, so this week. Um, I don't know if I like Daniel Craig better as James Bond or as Blanc. He's fantastic. Blanc. Um, oh, I still yeah. have to see Knives Out too. That would. And that's Jesus first Christ! Good Lord. I know. But I don't know, the cast for this one is just like as eclectic and fun as the last one. Um, you know, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, our favorite Guardian of the Galaxy, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, and on and on. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, the first one was so witty, intricate plot, full of social commentary. So I'm excited for this one, too. And I've heard good things. So that's my number one. And I'll get to cross that off this week. I still can't believe Netflix doesn't have the first one. It's like you have to go rent it somewhere. I'm like, you thought when you bought the rights to the franchise you would have the movie the first movie on there but alas what do i know it was on there for a hot minute I that's remember. what i thought not anymore yeah. or not I, think it's on, I think it might be on prime yeah to rent yeah oh is it only to rent oh okay. yeah, yeah al you're the last one uh yeah so a couple have been said already clerks three definitely it was like in theaters right around like when i was about to have my second child so like it not only did I miss it, but like I keep forgetting about it. Uh, but I really want to see that. I want to watch RRR. Is it RRR? Yes. Um, I heard that's. I will. I, will, I, will I heard be it's talking awesome. about that later. Heard it's awesome. So I'm very excited to watch that eventually. Um, and then the third one I had was uh, I have to finish both season three and season four uh, of Atlanta which I have not. I don't know if I will get to that. I may save it for paternity leave in March, uh, but I do want, yeah, I'm taking a paternity that, leave that's, uh, that baby's. That's, that baby ain't going to be born in March. That baby's already born, though. That's when Megan goes back to work, and I'm uh, uh, I'm like uh, allotted uh, four weeks uh, paid paternity leave, and then if I wanted to take more, I'd have to go to the state, which I'm not going to do. So <laughs> I got told that my, my kid was born you got two days. You want your job? Be back in two days. That should be illegal. Yeah, yes. should but yeah, be. that is, you work uh, for that person too. <laughs> so I, won't I know. Honest. Yeah, so um, you were there. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. That, fun times. Don't work in politics. Uh, so yeah, I am, I am taking lots of recommendations for things while I am watching uh, Scarlet. So uh, uh, for people listening, if they want to. Tell me directly at Al Manorino on Twitter. And then, of course, Kat, Cole, Amanda, Ben. Send me recommendations. Yeah, uh, t- take save a bunch of stuff. I will. If anybody wants to game, we can do that, too. 
<laughs> I, have a, I have a PS4 now. We could do this. I have, a, I have an Xbox One. Uh, one, uh, one. We'll find X, something. One we'll find series, something cross compatible. Series X, whatever the fuck it's called, the the, the newest Xbox. <laughs> we'll, we'll find something cross compatible. We'll, we'll get I, you. We'll find something. I'm glad you don't know what you own. Uh, now, speaking of thing, no, no transition for that, guys. Nope. Let's get into the main event, the first annual socially distanced award. Listen, could this be the first and only? Who knows what next year yeah. brings us? When in terms of series, we didn't have one. Let's do these awards. Wait, before you get into the before you get into the awards, I know I'm, I'm derailing a little bit. Uh, Lucas, at this moment, can you put some like like awardsy kind yes. of music? He's like, you know what I mean? Like a little Oscar, Emmy, I mean, Golden Globes, whatever you got. He's the Whatever's Jesus Christ free. of junior hockey. You know, he's probably like some cold area watching like the like the the Minnetonka Minutemen play like the Oregon Smash throw, Brothers. Throw, and, like, throw, it, throw, throw it throughout the whole podcast. There's a reason right. why Bill always just sings his own like intro music uh, and whatnot. Yeah. And, and, and guys, we have Ben. Ben can sing ben stuff did for us sing. too. Oh, yeah. You did miss that. Ben did yeah. sing a couple times. Amazing. Um, um, all right, but you can continue. Bill. Let's go to the socially distanced awards. Spoiler alert: all these category names are really long. <laughs> Just go with it. All right, the first award is going to be the Bluey Award for the best television series of 2022 because no show is ever going to top Bluey Award. Um, I'll go first because I'm a jerk. Uh, and that would be Stranger Things season four. I call this on the TV break podcast earlier this month. Uh, I mean, I love Stranger Things as a series. The first season is still, I think, one of the best seasons of television ever watched. Um, Amanda, I just saw your shirt. I don't know what the fuck it means, but it was hilarious. <laughs> it's the Roman Reigns shirt. Oh, okay. your daddy. <laughs> I was like, what the f- anyway stranger things season four daddies were acknowledged apparently but also it's uh, i think it had more of the tone and tenor of season one uh it didn't use um the nostalgia was uh the dessert not the main course um whereas i thought in season three was season i really like everything was like we're in the mall it's the 80s don't worry about anything else remember when hopper was going and was having a heart attack every two seconds that wasn't fun uh but this i thought worked on every level you had a really 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 uh effective and scary villain you brought in a brand new character that everyone kind of fell in love with and eddie munson um you had really strong storylines they i think they maximized all their minutes especially with the expanded um runtime of every episode uh they also had uh i think also having the season in two parts kept it more culturally relevant than any of the other seasons and ultimately while some stuff could have been cut maybe the hopper and russia stuff we could have done a little less on i still think this show really mattered more than ever before because the other two scenes were like this was fun let's put this away for a year till the next one and we're still kind of thinking about this we still this thing is probably going to put kate bush in the rock and roll hall of fame because everyone discovered running up the hill and including my daughter who sang it at uh, her camp's karaoke and only her counselors were like wow that's really good and all her fellow camp people were like what is this song <laughs> so it's it was fantastic everything about it so many iconic moments in it and uh loved everything about it hands down would recommend if you were kind of iffy on the series although millions of people watched it uh if you believe netflix if you were iffy on going into this one i say jump in feet first because it is absolutely fantastic i'm gonna take it to the west coast cole who gets your bluey award for best 
television show for 2022? Uh, well, two things. One, uh, when you said a beloved character was introduced this season of Stranger Things before, I really thought you were talking about Vecna. I mean, I do love <laughs> Vecna as well. Uh, Eddie didn't occur to me, but that's true. So there's two. <laughs> there's two. You're right. I stand corrected myself. Um, and do you do you have a video of Sophie singing that song? Oh God, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, that'd I, be pretty awesome. That would be. I I have I have it emblazoned in my memory because it was sung in the backseat of my car every day. Uh, oh. But I do not have it on video. She did love that oh. song. She has moved on. She's in her Lady Gaga phase now. So that's the real loss for art. Um, no, no. Well, I'm sure it'll come back around. Don't worry. I'll get um, so my award for the best TV show of the year, I would have to say, would be for The Bear on Hulu. It was excellent. Ooh. We actually have the same. I could see Great choice. notes on the screen, and then I have notes on my phone, and I also chose The Bear. Yeah. <laughs> That's you a great choice. Watch. Great show. I did. I watched it first, and then I said, Cole, you have to watch this show. It's so basically... You watched it twice? I did. It's oh. it, it's because it's a first season of television, but also it has a beginning, middle, and end. You don't yeah. need to watch anything after. Mm-hmm. It's not that long, 30 minutes, maybe. I don't even think it's 10 episodes. Yeah. It's so well-crafted, acted beautifully. The characters feel like real people. It's about a like culinary five-star raised chef i just made that up that's not like no no no. it's perfectly fine i cover the restaurant industry i i can say give you a pass he's um an esteemed chef um who worked at high-end restaurants in new york and moves back to his home in chicago and ends up running um a greasy spoon restaurant that his brother who died left to him and it's a mess and everyone who works there is a mess and it's very Chicago. Yeah. I, I went to school in Chicago. It's very Chicago. Yeah. And nice. it's just, it's awesome. It's excellent. I personally have never worked in a restaurant, so I don't have the associated trauma that is related to this show. So I was able to enjoy it. Um, but a lot of people who have worked in restaurants said it was very triggering. So it's um, uh, yeah. real and definitely gritty, but also funny. I I thought a lot of it was funny. Yeah, I totally forgot. Like when you do work in a restaurant, you are always yelling "corner" and things like that. I totally yeah. forgot. Yes, that. Chef. I've I've been on the fly on the wall in many a kitchen to see that happen. Yep, it's very yeah. stressful. It is one of the most stressful but funny shows that I've ever watched. Never yeah. been in the the I I was in the restaurant industry for like a month, so I know it's not fun. But this was okay. Like, I need to know which one it was because I, I am not not getting into that now. Um, <laughs> better tell me off air. I will. Uh, no, it's, it's nothing against. It. It's just it's too long of a story and dumb. But anyway, um, yeah, so this podcast. it's great. It's a great show. <laughs> it's a great show. Uh, yeah, this is actually one of my top shows for the new year to start. I am very lo- much looking forward to that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, very uh, like that's a show that is actually like recommended. You just binge it. Like yeah. honestly, like it's a it feels just like a really it's only long, like a, what, 20, it does. 30 minutes. It feels like a movie. Okay. It feels like a movie. And if okay. in the best way. It really it's really fun if you can sit, like if you have a couple hours, you want to just binge something, like binge it. It's great. Uh it's yeah, kind of like a very long, yeah. down-to-earth Safety Brothers movie. Yeah. 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 I yeah. also need to watch a Safety Brothers movie. A little bit but, stressful, but also good. And yeah, it's good. Uh, FX actually did that a lot this year. So you can watch that the bear on FX on Hulu. Um, they did that with that one with Domino Gleason and Steve Carell. It was a drama. I can't remember what it's called. 
the patient, <laughs> like a 20, 30 minute episode, dra- yeah, 20, 30 yeah. minute drama. So yeah, they're trying to do more bingeable content that way. And that got some decent reviews too, but the bear definitely is one everyone should be checking. Uh, Amanda, let's get, take it to the heart of Texas. What is your Bluey award for best TV show of 2022? It was tough because it was so much good TV this year. And then also you just, I had to remember how much came out this year too. So it was, oh, it was yeah. like having to remember everything because there's so much good content. I picked the show that hit me emotionally and that's going to be Andor. Um, I mean, so, so well done. I mean, yes, the first couple of episodes were a little slow, but my God, when it got its stride, um, beautifully written, the performances, Diego Luna just knocks it out of the park as Cassian, the guest, the, you know, the, the secondary, the guest appearances, I mean, Andy Circus, <laughs> Andy freaking Circus just oh. messed me up with that cat swim. Okay. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. like, Seth, we're going to make sure you have my son. We're going to make sure you have swim lessons <laughs> again, <smart>. because <laughs> not that I would want you to ever wind up in a prison, but you never know if you have to swim yeah that um and then also um just you know and and, um oh my gosh there's so much about the show that I just I loved it and it hit me I I went on an emotional journey everywhere and um all the emotions and so I I loved it it's honestly one of my top three favorite Star Wars products at this point and just so so good so Andor is my pick well, let me uh, let me ask you this question, Amanda. Not something I asked you on our Andor podcast. Um, is does this restore some faith that you have faith you have in the in Disney with Star Wars after Book of Boba Fett? Let's face it, not very good. And Obi Wan Kenobi was up and down, so like not the best. So does this kind of give you like buy back a little faith for you, especially with Mando and Ahsoka coming in twenty twenty three? It does. Now I, it gives me faith that Disney will let other directors kind of do their, do their thing. I'm not worried about Favreau and Filoni. I'm not worried about Mando and I'm not worried. Anything Filoni touches, I'm not worried about. Um, Yes, you can have it, buddy. Sorry about that. Everybody that's Seth Rebus asking me for stuff. He's just Um, like swimming lessons, right, mom? We're good. Good. Like swimming lessons. Can I eat this? (laughs) Okay. I know your podcast. I'm going to ask you, Um, but um, but I think for the other Star Wars products, yes. Again, everything like Mando and Ahsoka, I'm not terribly worried about because Filoni and Favreau have a hand in those. But some of our the other properties, yeah, I think maybe there's a little bit a little bit more hope. Um, I hope Plenty Gilroy does more. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I have, I'm 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 cautious and optimistic outside for the elements outside of the Mandoverse. Uh, ben, who does your Bluey Award go to for best TV show? Yeah, I know there's going to be some overlap. Uh, mine is also the the Bear. Um, so nice. I, two for the Bear. Yeah, I thought it was going to overlap with that, honestly. So then uh, <laughs> it's probably more. But just um, I just I remember <laughs> watching the the whole series in a day, uh, as you guys have kind of talked about, and then I immediately rewatched it with my wife because I wanted her to experience it too. Um, and I know it's getting nominated, you know, as a comedy series, uh, and it is, you know, funny at times for sure. But like you guys talked about, it is highly dramatic, gut wrenchingly at times. Um, I did work in a restaurant back at the house and lived that life for four years in college. And uh, the sound of those tickets printing is like a nightmare that I forgot I used to get on a regular basis. Wow. And after just watching that show one day, I had dreams about it vividly again, and it is torture. 
but but that said, man, like um, episode seven of that show, uh, the penultimate episode, it's 20 minutes long, uh, but it's just shot like one continuous shot. So it's so cool. Um, and that episode, you can put up against anything that came out this year. Uh, and I think you guys mentioned, but Jeremy Allen White is uh, he was really good on Shameless, but he's fantastic in this show. Um, so he's just getting better and better. So the show is perfect for him. The year he just uh, snagged a lead in a new A24 movie about the. Uh... The Von Eric family with Zach Efron. So I'm very excited for that. Mm. Amanda will get that reference. Um, Al, is it three for the bear? Four. Uh, it is not. Oh, four for the bear. Would it be four for the bear? It's not. Um, oh, or the, three for the bear then. The The category was the, the best show of 2022. So it doesn't have to be a brand new show introduced in 2022, correct? Yeah, I mean, it could be. It, right. it just had to air in 2020. Yeah, yeah he's in season four of Stranger Things. Correct. You're right. I forgot. Um, this was so hard. Like, there was so That's many That's why shows. I said you was, couldn't pick Bluey. I know. It was really, it, honestly, it was a super hard. Uh, the Bear was amazing. Every every pick was great so far, honestly. Season four of Stranger Things and or The Bear. Um, I, I would be, it, it would be a disservice to not say Better Call Saul um the literally the best show one of my favorite shows ever one of the best shows ever made uh ended this year which is crazy um god it feels like five years ago i know it's it's nuts um the show the show meant so much to me uh it was one of the shows that i think i like actually like almost religiously wrote about on the the pop break yes um yeah i mean i don't i can't think of another like time where a a prequel was better than the original and the original being one of the most beloved shows of all time. Uh, this show is better. Um, if you're a breaking bad fan, you haven't watched better call Saul yet. You're doing yourself a disservice um, because it's great. It's one of the best, best written, best acted, best directed shows. If you want like a masterclass in TV or like high quality, uh, you know, uh, filmmaking, like, Go watch Better Call Saul. It's amazing. Uh, I'm going to miss it. I am going to miss it. Um, Ray Seahorn deserves all, of, deserves all the awards. Um, and the ones that she didn't get, she deserves those too. Um, yeah, I love the show. I'm so sad it ended, but it was it ended perfectly, which is very, very tough for uh, a drama that people were uh, constantly, because it was a prequel, wanting to figure out how the hell are they even going to end it? Like, what are they going to do? How is it going to live up to the, you know, the great ending of uh, Breaking Bad? So, yeah, Better Call Saul. Very easy one for me. Totally. It's a, it's a prequel and a sequel mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I totally agree. Cole and I, I mean, Cole's loved that show even longer than I have. Mm -hmm. It's true. Cole did show it to me. I was mm -hmm. someone who, I know this is crazy, didn't really like Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. Better Call Saul is amazing. The acting on that show is so high caliber. It, it's nice. the type of thing where it's like, it is shocking when you watch it, how every single person is not nominated for every award. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, Bob Odenkirk has kind of been the only one to get nominated for things. Deservedly so. But mm -hmm. um, Ray Seahorn, may she forever reign. And I think she um, will. I think she's like, going to. Michael Mando. Like there's, there's some Patrick Fabian. Michael some, McKean. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So it's good, Jean Carl Esposito. I mean, the oh, yeah. honestly, it's the best. Every actor that's in it, it's the best thing they've ever done. Yes, like, and I think they would weird. all agree. Yeah, we, we saw them all this year at a 
at Paley Fest. Yeah. Oh, great. yeah, yeah. I remember and, you went to And check out, if you go back to the Pop Break archives from San Diego Comic-Con, which I've been told maybe we're going back this year. Uh, who's to say? Um, we've interviewed all those people. And uh, they were always really giving with their time. So listen, we support the people who support us. That's what I can say. Before I get to our next category, our podcast editor, Alex Marcus, uh, said, I just wanted you guys to to know a few things. My favorite stuff about it this year in socially distanced. Uh, favorite episode was our Miss Marvel episode with Preeti Chibber. Uh, favorite piece of media we covered was Andor. And his favorite moment was the House of the Dragon finale, where I actually admitted on air that I had listened to the House of the Dragon premiere episode and completely forgot that both Ben and Amanda were on that podcast, and I listened to that whole podcast in full, not six hours before recording. October was a rough month for you guys, what can I tell you? So thank you, Alex. Thank you for being our executive producer uh, and constant guest and being on that the impetus for our Die Hard podcast, which may be our finest episode to date. It was absolutely batshit insane. But this next uh, category is named after a very special boy. Uh, this is the Cole Rothacker Award for Best uh, Animated Film, Movie, or Anime we watched in 2022. And why do we name it after Cole? Because we're goddamn proud of you and all your professional accomplishments that oh, you seriously you. are. Really are. We're really, really proud of you. And we just hope that it keeps going in 2023. James Gunn, we know you listen. We know you made the Guardians holiday special just for me. Literally was in the credits. So listen to Cole. He's got some really great ideas. He already did the right thing with the whole Black Adam thing. Come on. You know, the yeah. rock wasn't going to run DC. Let's get over <laughs> it. It's good with energy drinks, the XFL, pro wrestling. Maybe not black. Uh, tequila? Tequila. Oh, tequila. Tequila. I was about to oh, say yes. tequila, tequila guys. I forgot. <laughs> I, I took a picture with that standing in an Applebee's. That was crazy. I forget that in my life. My That's... shining moments. So let's talk about our favorite piece of animation. Like I said, it could be a film, could be a series, could be an anime. So when I speak about anime, of course, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. Um, you. You always recommend anime on the podcast. So I'm very intrigued to see what's going to be your best of 2022. Oh gosh, in terms of actual animation and story, this was, this was hard because as an anime fan, this season has been fantastic with Spy Family, My Hero Academia has been killing it, um, the new One Piece, um, or at least the, the new editions for the Wano arc, all of it. Um, but animation for me, this season or a bleach a thousand years more has been fantastic. Um, big boost from the original show. The, the two episodes that come to mind for me are episode six with the fire, where you have the head captain of the soul reapers going up against one of the main baddies for the Quincy's that are, that are invading. Um, the graphics for those fight scenes are incredible and um, breathtaking. And then the other was this, uh, of course, episode 11 just dropped this week, but episode 10, um, where you have uh, Kenpachi, who's one of the squad captains and probably the craziest of them who's always looking for the next big person to fight, basically fighting for his life and his ability to remain squad captain. Because if you're not, then you die. Um, and just unlocking his abilities and the way those stories are told are just breathtaking. And um, I mean, the graphics the whole way this season have been insane, the animation style, the music. So I, it was hard um because again you know with chainsaw man and a few others it's it's been a good it's been it's a tough call but the beauty of those episodes and and the animation the drawing everything for so bleach a thousand year war is is it for me this one this go round and where can you find a bleach a thousand year war uh bleach uh it's on hulu 
So it is now actually Disney acquired <laughs> Bleach, and that was a uh, that was kind of a controversial um, deal there. But um, and I believe the new what Hulu is primarily where they are. Um, I think the archived episodes for the original seasons are still on Crunchyroll, but Hulu is where you want to go. Excellent, Ben. Your piece about you've never really talked about animation on the podcast. You've talked about your childhood obsession about throwing acorns at people because of Willow, but you've never talked about your favorite animation. I had to get that in there for sure. Oh, you've also talked a lot about cocaine on this podcast. So let's let's uh let's, let's unrelated. <laughs> unrelated entirely unrelated. Throwing acorns with Are you. we sure about that though? <laughs> well, I'm not. He's been to a lot of EDM festivals. I don't know what happens at those. Um, yes, Al, I can see your back. Uh, what's uh, what's your favorite piece of animation from 2022? Yeah, so this was sad. I'm actually the exact opposite of Amanda, where she had trouble narrowing it down. I honestly have nothing. I looked at every list that I could find and realized I don't think I've watched a single animated piece of content this year. So I turned to one of my friends, uh, Alex, who watches tons, and she recommended Turning Red. So uh, I'll go with that. Um, so you guys can talk about it because it sounds like you're all heading yeah, on. Like, oh, I really was, like that one. Yeah, because that's my pick. So thank okay, you, so we'll Alex. let Bill talk about it. <laughs> Listen, or town forever, everybody. That's what I got to say. Turning red. What a midwinter classic. I don't give a shit whether they're talking about this hockey game outdoors. No, turning red was the midwinter classic because it was just it was just fantastic, man. It really, really was. Um, one sec. Um, and uh, what I loved about it was it was this wonderful um, piece of early to late 90s, early 2000s nostalgia with boy bands and the obsession with boy bands. But it was also this wonderful coming of age story, which, um, you know, told a very specific but also a very universal story about womanhood. Not a woman, by the way. So I referenced the, my wife and she's like, yes, this is a very, very wonderful telling of all of this and it's heartfelt and it's emotional and it's really funny and it's really honest and it's really genuine and it's so rewatchable the songs even if you're the biggest metalhead in the world four town fucking slaps as the kids would have said five years ago <laughs> so yeah it was for you're you're right turning red best animated thing of the year um al you've watched a lot of animation this year you got you got a little you got a little bit you got a little one in there. I did. Remember. I'm trying to remember. Is what? it Coke? Is it Cocoa Melon? Is that what you're gonna go with? It most it's, certainly is the it, fuck. That is the, by the way, for all of you who don't have children, <laughs> Cocoa Melon is a scourge upon this. Planet. Thank you. Thank it's you. Fucking satanic show. Is it don't. worse than Caillou? Oh, yeah. oh, you're such bad. a piece of shit. I want to slap that kid. But anyway, it's bad. It's, no, but it's, it's like I, I level, think it's worse. It's, I think it's, it's, worse. it's worse. Yeah, it's worse. It's up there with Blippy. Blippy's the other one. Oh, Al. I yeah. didn't remember hearing about Blippy from Al. So, Al, what is oh, the piece of animation yet. that oh. did not? Blippy, Blippy can also suck it. Thank I don't you. like Blippy. Blippy. Well, apparently, he does. Yeah, it's true. Yes, yes. I don't even know the story about that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe Cole. Um, because that's why I don't watch anime, guys. Okay, no, this this is children's animation. (laughs) It's children's show show and it's live action. It's a man wearing suspenders and a bow tie. Said said, he has a bad, he has a bad vibe. Yeah, bad vibe. Like he shows up at the kid's birthday party, and you're like, "Is your kid?" Why are you here? Well, and he was like a former shock comedian too, wasn't he? Didn't he do something? 
I don't know. He was like, a, he was trying to be a YouTuber and then he ended yeah. up becoming a YouTuber, but for kids. Um, yeah. All right. So I have a animation that I didn't know existed or forgot existed and now have to watch. So I'm going to put that as my end of year list. There is a Slip and Jimmy animated series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I have not watched that. I need to watch that. That is a Better Call Saul animation, like prequel to a prequel. Um, I will say honorable mention um disney plus i know we're not at that category yet but uh baymax very cute i didn't watch that one yet very very cute they're uh like super super short minisodes in the same vein of like the the olaf ones uh where he's recapping old old episode uh, old uh disney movies which are really cute and uh the cars one which was pretty solid it wasn't like terrible uh but the baymax one's really adorable so definitely check that out if you haven't and then uh i i I'm guessing this is going to be everyone's. If it's not, I don't know why, but uh, uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio. I cannot say yeah. his first name. I always say Guillermo. I can never say it. It's Guillermo. As, Guillermo. A, fellow, yeah. as a fellow um, Guillermo, I can tell you it's William in Spanish. It's true. We also have dudes and are not skinny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I don't blame you. It came out like a week or two ago, uh, but it's on Netflix. Literally released five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, it was on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Um, one of the most visually stunning like uh, stop motion animated movies I've ever seen, like literally. It's crazy good. Uh, the only way that Del Toro can, uh, he's a buddy of mine. We uh, I met him once. He was a great guy. Uh, I asked him about Better Call Saul because he's a big fan. Um, and, we, and we nerded out about it for a hot minute. That's crazy. Which, he's your buddy. You can't even say his name. No, can't do it. I don't oh, want to butcher it. I'm bad they're, they're Classic so L. Classic L. We're close. <laughs> I just call him GDT. I don't, I don't. I mean, that's that's my buddy. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's it's a absolutely beautiful, like heart wrenchingly good movie. Uh, also, it's like if you don't know anything about like the original story of Pinocchio, uh, man, that shit sure. is dark. Um, so yeah, very very good. Uh, definitely check that out if you haven't had a chance. But that is my award. I'm going to just put up one because uh, Turning Red was already taken. I'm going to put up one half live, half animated, and that's Chippendale Rescue Rangers. We did a podcast on that. Forgot that, forgot that came out this year until I just thought about it. Did it? Uh, it yeah, yeah, it came out in the summer. You were on that oh, podcast shit. with Kelly. And no, Tommy. I, I, I also remember watching it outside. Uh, on the lawn too with the I had what like a, a makeshift a projector. It gave us it gave us ugly Sonic. That's uh, that's the right. Gift, the, the gift that no, keeps on giving. No, it re us ugly Sonic. We had him. No, we threw him away, and then we uh, brought him back. So, Cat and Cole, I'm going to let you guys go next. I need to. I'm trying to get Sophie to come on, so I'm going to try and get her on, but she might be in bed. So, I'll be right back. So, you guys just take as long as you need. Yeah. So, uh, I I think you can't really talk about animation in 2022 without talking about um, the Boss Baby too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that's a good. I never. I never saw it. Uh, it was good. I liked it. It was. It was, good. Why it was good. Say that. Don't even invoke. <laughs> okay. I no. That I, was great. I, I, I do. That. I do want to see it because I do think the first one's like one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Oh my God. Um, Cole will go. Oh, on oh we're not even going to get a chance to talk about this. But Cole, have you watched Ambulance? Uh, the, the Michael Mike Bay movie. No. Guys, <laughs> guys, guys. guys? You're watching that as soon as this podcast. Is okay. Done. okay. No, I do want to watch it. In okay. five hours when this podcast is done, you should watch it. You're going to love it. Okay. I'm, uh, that might be is, a... Is this of... one of these, like, I'm going to be pranked kind of things? No, is there a candy no, no, camera? No, 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 no. It's, it's 
it's like it's like everything you expect and also nothing you expect it's okay. so ridiculous in almost every way possible okay uh, i'm intrigued ben no do you kind of agree yeah i can kind of agree it's okay. uh yeah it's just non-stop and just over the top in every way i mean so every michael the bay top. possible okay. way you could think of and you it. and you guys okay. you guys love i know you guys are jake gyllenhaal fans so you're gonna oh yeah thoroughly enjoy his performance in this are we talking about strange world no ambulance <laughs> somehow we transitioned to ambulance no, which is no, not animated, left but... for seven seconds just and went downhill about I, I took over Don't i was like do it Cole, give your animated pick and it's like we're talking about ambulance oh, wait, we went from boss baby two to that's ambulance. true cole yeah. did yeah. cole did crack a boss voice. baby joke. Cole, talk about your actual <laughs> this is your category yeah so the <laughs> yeah. ones i would give they've already been discussed turning red for sure pinocchio for sure. We just saw that last week at the new Beverly Cinema, which was oh, great. I've always wanted to go in, there. In, in a theater. It, it was great. Yeah. Um, the only other one I, I think I would bring up would be Wendell and Wild, which came out on Netflix. Right, Henry Selleck's new movie, who did The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um, Produced very, by Jordan Peele, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's in it, too. Key and Peele are in it. It's like oh, the yeah. thing they've done together in many years. Um, We're sorry for Yeah, that, no, it was... It's, it's really weird. There's a lot going on. There's like maybe a little too much going on, but it's definitely worth watching. And it's uh, just really well made. It's it's like a black female lead. It's about the prison industrial complex. It's about death. It's about trauma. Male pattern baldness. Male pattern baldness. Whatever. Actually, that really is a thing. Um <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's a lot, but the the artistry is is really cool. Yeah. Wait, did, did I make this up or is the lead character not named Cat? Yeah, she is. The lead character's named Cat. I mean, you have to see. Well, there you go. All the reason. Yeah. Um that, yeah, that your my pick, pick my, is my Boss pick Baby. It's the new Boss Baby movie. Um, boss Baby. Absolutely not Boss Baby 2. <laughs> um was also Pinocchio. It's it's amazing. Um That's going to win best animated feature it it's, it's not even close it, they're not gonna give it to that disney movie no one saw and i think turning red might be a little i cute. saw in strange world it was, was it good is visually amazing the story is sure it's there okay is it but better than like, Lightyear? i didn't see Lightyear, so i couldn't tell you but it's no, it's no. not like i mean i haven't watched it yet so um <laughs> and i have a kid so no strange world is a lot better than advertised and it's spoiler alert, it was never advertised yeah. so yeah no it's 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 a solid watch no guillermo del toro is my favorite monster man teddy bear he puts his heart and soul Cole's like hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey. That's teddy bear. um he puts his heart and soul and everything and um it's just like it's so beautiful like the first like 20 or so minutes you're just with Geppetto and his his real son who he loses that leads him oh. to make Pinocchio and it's like you've never seen that on screen like it's it's really beautiful the stop animation is like stunning and gorgeous and yeah you can't miss it you have to see it oh one thing i wanted to say about turning red bill when you see Everything everywhere all at once, which you are going to see. Yes. There's a lot of similarities with turning red. Oh, yeah. sick, sick double feature. I know yeah. that sounds crazy, oh, but it, it's... if you like turning red, you will like everything everywhere. And Ms. Marvel. Turning red yeah, I do. plus I do like all Ms. Marvel plus 
the multiverse of madness i've seen that too believe it or not i've seen these movies Every, every all at once. So it's the Michelle show, the Michelle Yo show. I'm gonna yes. watch it. Oh, I yeah. will. I will say one more animated thing. Um, both turning red, but then there was this other one called The Bad Guys that was very good. Yeah, oh, the Bad Guys, great. Really? Oh, that was good. Sophie turned it off. They're both cool because like they're they are like really pushing like an anime aesthetic into mainstream yeah. animated movies, which is pretty cool. Like they both look like Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball, which is amazing yeah i mean sam rockwell is like a hot fox mark maron is like a snake and they're like robbing shit like he's like if walter Matthau was a snake kind of yeah that's a really good way to put it it's great it's just it's great yeah i totally forgot about the bad guys but support it so there's a lot of good animation this year nice let's get into uh category number three which is the al we know you're going to pick phoenix award for the best album of the year, because it's the only band you talk about and you interviewed them this year award. So it's wow. so it spoiler alert. <laughs> That's about 20 minutes to say. Yeah. Attacked, attacked via an award. Can we talk about how the last one was just like so embracing and honoring <laughs> and cold? And then well, it's just shit. It's just shit on me. Listen. <laughs> Fine, this is whatever. how the podcast always goes. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we shit on each other That's and we true. praise our guests. That's right. Uh, all right. So all there's, right. there's the yin and the yang, right? The, the album of the year. So Ben, you didn't get you didn't really have a lot to say for animation. So I'm gonna go with you first for album of the year. And you're What's like, the, ah, shit, I don't have an album. <laughs> no, that's the, the problem is the like, music. <laughs> it's not that necessarily. It's just I didn't have a strong opinion on like an album because it's I'm well, more just singles. But uh, as so I, again, the same way. I threw this one out because it, I told my wife, Allie, uh, you know what the categories were. And she was like, you have to answer like this. So basically, this is coming from her. But um, right, Multitude so. is an album by Belgian singer, rapper, songwriter and artistic genius in her words, Strom May. Uh, it was released in March after nine-year hiatus. Um, and apparently, he's known to expertly blend styles of music into a unique sound. It's also catchy. Uh, he's got multi-dimensional lyrics commenting on the human experience that are all in French, but are very much worth translating. Um, and the one song that I did recognize because I didn't want to come in completely blind is from long ago, but uh, it was uh, Allures on Dance, which I might have uh, mispronounced, but that one he collaborated with Kanye West on, but it was 2010, the old Kanye. So it's okay. Uh, yeah. Don't judge him for that one. But yeah, she loves it. She's very passionate about it. So I will uh, make that my answer as well. And congratulations to Ben on getting married this year. So <laughs> yeah, you're doing good, pal. Uh, for me, I am going to go with, you know, Bill's go always going to go weird. Uh, I am going to go with Austin, Texas, psych rock band, the black angels wilderness of mirrors. I saw these guys like shit, like 10, 11 years ago at the Bowery ballroom. First and only show I've ever seen there. What a show to see there. These guys are, if you're into psych rock, if you're into jam, if you're into just fuzzed out rock and roll or just like something different. This is a really great album start to finish. It flows so well together. Um, the lead single off the record is El Jardin, uh, J-A-R-D-I-N. Uh, really one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, not my number one song of the year because my song is very basic. You'll hear it. You'll get that pick shortly. Uh, but yeah, this is a great record if you're into something totally different. Um, 
I think if you're, I mean, I don't know, Cat. I think you might dig this. I'm not sure if you're a Black Angels fan, but I think you'd probably be into it. Al, I don't think it's too heavy for you. You could, maybe, you know, maybe a couple uh, sessions if you're into. Uh, you could probably get into it. So, Amanda, I know you're not uh, the biggest music head in the world, so I want to see what your album of the year pick is. Yeah, I, I'm when it comes to music um i like i like my my usual i mean i nails being one of my bands forever and ever and ever they're always on repeat for me um but i went with an album that came out earlier this year that i loved and it was um tipping point by tears for fears um wow loved it i love tears i love 80s music i love 80s music and um yeah, it was a beautiful album. I mean, it was obviously long, long in the the, the making. I mean, they started working on it, I want to say 2013. And just, um, I mean, just, it's um, just, uh, you know, it was, there was delays. There was just a lot of, a lot going on with the original, you know, direction of the album. And then of course, um, Roland Orzabal lost his wife in 2017. So, I mean, there's, there's some of the songs that were inspired by that. Um, it's just a beautiful album. It's, it's, it goes to the heart of what makes Tears for Fears such a great band. And it was one of those that moved, really moved me when I, I listened to it. And just, it's beautiful. Um, it's still one that's, that I love to just to listen to and I'm, you know, folding laundry or just kind of needing to get into uh, kind of a more calmer place. But I, I, you know, I've always loved Tears for Fears growing up and just, um, this is just a beautiful, beautiful album. And just one I've been waiting for, for a long time. So um, that was, that was my choice. And it's still one that I love to listen to, to this day. That is an excellent choice. I'm going to bounce between the coasts right now. Uh, so Kat, what was your album of the year? I know you probably have a long list here to choose from. Yeah, I'm going to be real. I have a lot of thoughts. Um... We're here for it. I think I I almost feel like I know what the pick's going to be, but I'm probably wrong. So Well, here, here's the thing. I'm totally copping out, and it, this was really, really challenging, so I narrowed it down to five. That's You're the music editor. It's, I, I let it. I'll, I'll let it slide. I, I have, I, I have I five honorable mentions, by the you're, way. You're a fucking dick. <laughs> so I narrowed it down to five, uh, which undoubtedly, I think one, two, maybe even three will pop up on Al, so I won't go too much into it. But Sure. Let's amazing see. year for music in that some of these records that came out were made during the pandemic some mm-hmm. were made as a response to the pandemic some were like you know what i'm not even gonna fucking address the pandemic we are just going so kind of living that's kind of my mantra for 2023 <laughs> yes yes and um these five are in no particular order they all have a totally different vibe and they're like doing their own thing and just killing it. So again, in no particular order, though this might be in order of release. Um, the first one, uh, Chloe and the Next 20th Century by Father John Misty. Incredible oh, I mean, album. Come on. What a layup. What a layup yeah, for Kat. That was layup. It was. It was. That's, if anyone doesn't know, Father John Misty is Kat's son. Yeah, he's my son. Um, and we're so proud of him every day. Every I, day. I raised him so well. Um, You're a great mom. You did a pretty good job. I'm I'm a great mom. And this album, it's like Bossa Nova inspired, jazzy. Most of his records are very like soul bearing, introspective, personal things. This is totally sidestepping that. We're making up stories about people that don't exist, things that going on. And it's just, it's amazing. It's a vibe. The first song is called Chloe. The last song is called The Next 20th Century, hence oh, the that's... title. All right. It's excellent. It's excellent. I, I mean, there's a song about like 
there is one or two songs that are personal. And one of them is about how he moved into a house that Val Kilmer used to live in when he wow. played Batman. So he sings about that. It's That's great. Amazing. It's Stunning. I hope it's called Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> um the the batman forever soundtrack is one of the greatest film soundtracks. yes that's we, an aside but just we one. should just do a movie soundtrack podcast you know what? we have a couple tvs yeah. we're gonna do it yeah do um it. I, I will talk about that i was not even paying uh, attention it's fine i'm listening oh okay uh next is uh the album wet leg by wet leg oh uh, al and i saw them band. in asbury this year they were good we stand two ladies from isle of white england just writing like nonsense bullshit rock songs yes. two and a half minutes long songs are about drinking beer hanging out and having a good time yes. and just that's it that's it they're and they're killing it crushing we it really good lives so yeah. much just we stand nothing else to really say um third one um uh this little record called alpha zulu by this small band called phoenix i don't know if you guys have ever heard of them um never they recorded it. Indication. They recorded Shut it up. in the fucking Louvre. They recorded it in the Louvre when yeah. it was empty of art during the pandemic. It's fine. You know it's who like, talked about it? Al Manorino on the pop. So, so my my good friend Al, he actually like interviewed Thomas Mars lead singer. It's fine. Um, by the way, one of my favorite interactions of the year yeah. is Al saying, could you read over my interview that I had with Thomas Mars? I need some editing because he's very French. And at first I said, that's I, really say weird. That. I was like, that's really weird. I don't know what that means. And then I read the interview and I was like, oh, he is very French. So French. <laughs> so French. Uh, by the way, in New York forever, I think he too. asked me to do it too. I'm like, I think you should just give it a cat. Uh. <laughs> it's, it's like, um. It's like that SNL skit. I think it was Mike Myers. I don't know if he was as um, uh, like the the Wayne's World sketch, but it was like him. It was like uh, you were in that movie. Oh, that was so cool. Like that was Chris Farley. Yeah, it's Chris Farley. Yeah, it's Chris Farley. Thank you. He was like, um, hey, Paul McCartney. You're in the Beatles. You're the Beatles. That's so, that's so yeah. cool. That's how I felt like. I was like, I'm looking at a framed version of your album right now. Like I was saying, Al did, Al did a really good job. And Thomas <laughs> Mars's answers were very French. That's, that's yeah. all I can say. Yeah. And um, he was, he was great in what we do in the shadows. He was amazing. Getting killed by vampires and what we do. Murdered. <laughs> getting murdered. We love him. Um, he is also um, Mrs. Sophia Coppola for the people. That's right. Correct. Oh, I didn't um, know that. There you go. Amazing album. Just every single song is just like a fucking pop hit. You put it on, you're like over 30, but I want to be in the club where this Mm -hmm. is playing. Like just so good, so addictive. We stand. Um, Next is Cool It Down by Yaya Yaz, their first album since 2013. And these bitches came back swinging. Karen O for life. She should be leading the world. We love her. Just incredible. The album is so good. Every single is excellent. It's not even that long. They just, they came uh, in there, a couple of songs, popped out. It, it's stunning. Stunning. That was so my number good. two. That was my number two, yes. Cat. Yes. Excellent. I mean, or I, you know what? I was never a YAS fan. And then I heard Burning and I'm like, oh, I need to reimagine. We need to re examine my life now. Burning. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah. That made my short list of best song, but there's just so many. Yeah. So good. And then my last choice is uh, The Car by Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. That's the one I need. Just stunning. 
it is so different from all their previous work. Yeah. And what I love so much about Arctic Monkeys, they never rest on their their laurels. They're always doing something different. They're always pushing the boundaries. And every song is just like the very first line. I, I, I think the whole album is like a breakup album. It's like a breakup album with yourself, with a partner, with the world, and trying to like come to terms with the end. The very first line is about realizing it's happened. And the very last line of the album is kind of stepping out into the world and being aware of it. It's just incredible. And I forever will love Arctic Monkeys, but I love that they're always pushing the boundaries. So amazing, amazing album. That's my top five in no particular order. Uh, Put on any of those for a good time. Uh, Cole? What do you got for us? I know sometimes you you tend to go with a little more of the obscure with the music, so I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I'm not really like a music. I mean, I love music, but I don't like really keep up with it like Cat does. So I think the only, and I know everybody was kind of talking about albums not released from this year, but I guess the two main things I would say I listened to were um, Tim Heidecker. We went and saw him live this year, and I ended up buying his album, which had come out this year. It's called High School. And uh, it was really good. It's like very easygoing, kind of bluesy rock and roll. And it's just like very well produced and very, very pleasant to listen to. Um, It's, you know, if you're familiar with him from Tim and Eric, it's probably not what you would expect from him. It's like it's very straightforward. Very um, earnest. The, yeah, it's very earnest. What's less straightforward and earnest is his other band, which is Tim and the what is it the the Piss Boys or something? Yeah, Tim and the Piss Boys. <laughs> or the or the Yellow River Boys. That's what it is. The Yellow River Boys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm dead. No, Bill, I cannot believe we're sending we're sending you the album immediately. Yeah. You put on the music and you're like, oh, this sounds like like a really cool CCR song I've never heard. Like, yeah, is this credence? And then you listen to the lyrics and it's about like piss and just this killing me right now that's that's all it is it's great you everyone check it out he sung he sung some of those at his live show oh my god i was in tears it's pretty crazy and then the only other thing i'd say i'd listen to that's relevant is uh ended up listening it's not even really an album i listened to like a playlist it was basically all the music from peacemaker the jam oh that's good yeah don't worry don't worry we'll accept that We'll we'll get into that don't worry Okay, there's so many songs on there that I heard for the first time in that show, and now they're part of my regular rotation. As it, sh- as it should be, my friend. Al, I mean, the, the category is named after you, so just pick Phoenix and let's go. I'm sorry, I have I have so many albums I want to mention, but I won't go into too long of detail. Uh, I did not listen to a lot of hip-hop this year for whatever reason, but I did really like uh, Pusha T's It's Almost Dry. Uh, Pusha T is awesome. He doesn't release a lot of uh, albums. Like he doesn't Using, uh, release albums often, but when they do, they're they're really fucking awesome. So love him in clips. It's great. Cat uh, already mentioned Wet Leg. Um, sleazy, grimy rock is back, and it's all because of them. Um, and of course, the uh, yeah yeah is coming back as well. Uh, all right. Um, I loved uh, being funny in a foreign language. The new 1975 album produced by Jersey's own Jack Antonoff. Uh, the 1975 needs someone to be like, you just need to do half the amount 
of work and music. Like, don't don't overthink it. You don't need 24 songs like 10, 12. Great. And they're all good. I really love the new album. I think it's really, really solid. Um, uh, Willow, the new album from Willow, Coping Mechanism. I really like that over her uh, like not debut, but like her first like alt rock album. I thought was great. It had uh, Transparent Soul, which is a banger. The one that she did with Travis Barker, which he produced both albums, I believe. Coping Mechanism is like way better. I think it's a fucking ridiculously awesome album. Great if you're you want to work out and listen to some cool music. Oh man, Muna. The debut album from Muna. So good. Such a good album. Uh, Runner's High, one of my favorite songs of the year. Uh, Muna, crushing it. Um, I, I I have to mention Harry Styles. I loved Harry's you album. You don't have to mention I do. Harry Styles. I really do. I love that great. album. That, I literally listened to that album. I think it was like the week or so after it came out. I was in France and I was like, I need a fucking like, like soundtrack. And that was... Meanwhile... That was a, you listen, all you listen to is a French band, but you listen to Harry Styles. Yeah, instead. but like that was new all music. All three of Harry Styles' albums are excellent. Super, super yeah, French. yeah. He he's really really good. Oh and no, Harry he's House good. Was, I know, but I just like Buster Harry's House was addicting. That was a great album. Uh, a couple more. Uh, the new album from Beach Bunny, Emotional Creature. That's good. She gets better every every album. Love love Beach Bunny. Um, and uh, uh, she has my heart. Okay. <laughs> uh, what two more. Two more. Um, discovered this band this year. It was the last show I actually covered before having my child, The Wonder Years. The Hum Goes On Forever, their new album. Uh, I'm surprised come, it took you this long to find. That'll come back in the next category. And then, uh, yeah, a little band called Phoenix. They release an album like every four years, uh, four or five years. And when they do, it's amazing. Alpha Zulu uh, got to see, um, get to obviously interview Thomas Mars, get to see them play at Radio City Music Hall. Um, man, they're such a special band to me. Um, there is a, every year, sorry, every time an album comes out, it's attached to a huge part of my life, a huge monumental part of my life, which is crazy to think about, but it's true. This album is no different. And it, it's kind of a return to, f- not form for them, but it's a return to like, older phoenix like when people discovered them with wolfgang amadeus it's very like it's not it's it's not a concept record even though it was recorded in a uh museum um it's not like bankrupt it's not like um tiamo it's very like each song kind of sounds different and has its own different style and they're all bangers like it's crazy and it's an album that constantly grows like every time you listen to it you appreciate it more and more and more uh yeah that's way more than five uh but yeah it's a solid year of music and i'm so excited for next year because everyone and their mom is going to be on tour it's true honestly in defense of al phoenix's album really is like oh, yeah. it's fucking great it's no, 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 no. you don't have to defend al it's just al only talks <laughs> about this band all the time and it's, it's great true. dude seriously it's true but in a weird way like i think alpha zulu is maybe like their sixth seventh eighth out like who there's they're very prolific they've had a lot of records and i would tell people if you've never heard phoenix before you could listen to this album and it's like a great entry point into the band like yeah, it's yeah. it's just so good. There's so many good songs. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, Identical is my favorite song. Oh, just kidding, it's Alpha Zulu. Oh, it's episode two. Like every time I listen, there's a new favorite song. So this is um a Phoenix sponsored podcast. That's right. 
Well, um, we mm-hmm. get five cents every time we mention them. So, Christ, we would have been amazing. rich by now. So rich. They <laughs> they've been actually a band since um, I think '98 or '99. Their first album yes. came out in 2000. So we're entering 23 years of this band existing, and people yeah. have only known them since 2009. So, I'm gonna be like the I'm majority gonna be people. Capital T B that bitch right now. And, <laughs> no, I literally am. I've never heard that ever said before, but I, I, that's why I laughed. I am not like this with any other band except for Phoenix. I first started listening to them in 2004 because they were mentioned in Enemy Magazine, RIP print edition of Enemy Magazine. You could still yeah. read on digital and downloaded illegally, sorry, Phoenix, their songs and. Yeah. Have been a fan since 2004, and my God, was I bitter when everyone started being like, "Oh my God, have you heard of this band, Phoenix?" They were in a Honda commercial, and I was like, "Are you Cadillac?" Cadillac, <laughs> Cadillac. Like, even worse. Out of here. Just like an old man car at that point. Yeah. Just like oh. I was like, "Oh yeah, that French band Phoenix that I've known for years. Get out." Okay, we we can move on from Phoenix. So, so wait, real quick, because I got to keep going on the Phoenix train. So I was, I was that I was a basic bitch. I think I found them. Um, it wasn't specifically as the Cadillac commercial. Everyone's going to love this one, especially Ben, because I feel like he would actually watch the show as well. Uh, I first heard them on a season finale of Entourage. <laughs> Definitely yeah. seen Entourage a billion yeah. times. And, and it wasn't it wasn't from Wolfgang Amadeus, which they would eventually have. I believe Listomania was in Entourage yeah. at one point. Yes, yes, um, yeah. But it was the season before they had um, they had another they had an older Phoenix song. It's going to be bother me and I'll, I'll come to me in a minute but yeah um they had an older phoenix song and i was like who the fuck is this and uh changed my life yeah what that means for me is that i've actually heard phoenix songs before that's <laughs> right. I've definitely seen every episode multiple times there you go bigger in your mind I love uh, well the best thing about ben is the next award's named after him it's the uh ben murkison oh it's a banger oh it's a bop award for your favorite single of the year song of the year whatever you want to call it i have to because whatever i can um my first one is uh my basic my pumpkin spice uh pick the basic bitch pick it is uh because i'm a white dude in his 40s now so i picked the new single from metallica uh lux eterna it's like three and a half minutes of just pure velocity really brings me back to like the kill them all days like really good great guitar work i know lucas p jones our editors are it's a sloppy solo work and i had to say to him shut up just let me enjoy guitars <laughs> like you know, just let me enjoy it please and um it's great and i hope this is the new direction of the new album uh unfortunately i found out i agreed to t- to buy tickets to metallica from a friend from a friend of mine and i now owe him a lot of money which i found out on vacation i'm like oh shit i don't have any money to pay this guy back right now so eventually i'll be paying those tickets off i'll be seeing them this summer at metlife stadium my second pick is yeah i had to sing on a podcast it's the peacemaker theme song from wig jam it's the best fucking tv show theme song ever to the best fucking tv show introduction of all time if you don't know what i'm talking about literally they play this i think they're swedish if they're not who cares they're an 80s like metal it's an 80s metal song and they do the entire cast as a choreographed dance to the into this song and it's the most absurd fucking thing ever 
but it was also the most pure and awesome thing ever. So uh, Do You Want to Taste It by Wig Jam is my other favorite song. And I I don't apologize for saying that. Um, Ben, I named this category after you. You said you're a singles guy. I really want to know what big based motherfucking EDM anthem you're throwing out at me right now. But you're throwing shapes into the fucking middle distance, into the ether. Let's go. Let's hear what you got. And I hope it's that shitty rap song about the commanders, actually. Oh, God. If I did left hand. No, I, I can't even like I'm embarrassed. It's, it's so cat like these fans did this at uh, this really uh, well. I'll put air quotes around rap song about the Washington commanders. And it's like this dude's like definitely collecting social security checks. And he's just like basically trying to very slowly rap about the commanders. It's so painful, but so, so painful. like our team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is painful to watch. So painful, so beautiful. Um, um but yeah so uh i did go house music based uh it's a track called escape uh, originally by cascade and dead mouse together um and with halo i know two of those people you know those people uh and then john summit who you may or may not know he's younger in the game but he's really popular right now Uh, he did the first official remix uh to it um, he played it for the first time uh, at Coachella this year to close out his set. Uh, you can find that video on YouTube. His whole you know set on YouTube is really good. Um, but yeah, it's like the most popular track like this year, getting mixed into all the big shows, and uh, they're on tour with it. Uh, but everybody house techno is is playing it a lot, and it's it's super fun. So tons. It's it's hard to pick out a specific like house related song. I'd love to throw like Chris Lake, Vanessa, those kind of people in there too. But but this one's this one's probably the one of the year. Excellent. I I, de- I actually will listen to it. I will you find should. it. I, I will. I listen. I covered clubs of the Jersey Shore for a fucking decade. I know. I hear about I, it. All it's, the time. In, I gotta... it's in my. It's in my veins. Um, Cole, do you? Uh, you bet. I mean, I I sang your song uh, horribly. <laughs> uh, I didn't prepare. Uh, but <clears throat> I never prepare for anything. So, what was your song of the year? Uh, I would say my song of the year. Uh, it was a new song by Gorillas, which we saw them perform okay. live. It's a called cat Cracker cover. Island. Yeah. Let's say that again. I think it's called Cracker Island. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's also now the name of their new album, which they just put up for pre-order. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that it's was great. probably my favorite song of this year. It's excellent. It's great. It's it's like very. Um... Uh, very like atmospheric and kind of like beachy, hence like the name. But um, there's a part of it that goes, do, 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 do. <laughs> and it's really nice. <laughs> it's a good one. We um we stand Damon Albarn in this house, and we stand Gorillas. It's a it's a great pick. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna jump down to Amanda, then I'm gonna go back to Cat. So I went in a completely different direction when I thought Banger and Song of the Year. I went to, well, what song of the year for me do I crush weights to when I'm at the gym? And I listen crush. to it all the time. Crush yes. And Amanda and- does crush weights. She, she, <laughs> go on a, at a Mandalorian Instagram. She'll show you the gun show. Yeah, working on it, working on it. Um, I went a, a very different direction. I went with a one of my favorite anime openings of all time with the rumbling by a Japanese alternative metal band called Sim. And they are kind of a mix of you know, heavy metal, a little bit of hip hop, a little bit of alternative. But the song, oh my gosh, it's very melodic. And then you just get the, the heavy metal rage part. And it's just, it's beautifully done. I think the band is just going, I think people are just going bonkers right now for, for that particular song in Japan. 
Um, it is the opening for this this latest season, of, or at least final season, part one of Attack on Titan. And it is an insane song. So I put that on when I need to get pumped, when I need to get moving. It is, it's amazing. It's again, it's just got some beautiful melodies. And then the music video came out. And basically the song is about the um, awakening of the slumbering titans in the walls that are containing what's left of humanity. And when these titans awaken by the founding titan, they're supposed to destroy humanity. So that's where we are in the show with Attack on Titan, which is one of the great anime, super stressful, um, <laughs> super, super stressful. It's insane. Um, but yes, the rumbling is my jam. I love it. So many other anim anime fans love it. And people who are into metal love it as well. So that's my jam right there. Yeah. Love it. Uh, where you had so many albums of the year, mm -hmm. which one of your sons or daughters produced <laughs> your song of the year? I have three songs of the year. All right. Made by two sons and a daughter. So yeah. Um, all, all artists that I've mentioned all from the, the records that I mentioned. Um, these are the songs that I just played over and over again, all have a different vibe. Um, the first one is just Alpha Zulu by Phoenix. Won't go into it. Great song. It just has a really good. It's very catchy. Yes. I will admit that. That goes like, Ooh, ah, that's all you need to know. That's, that's a little bit of it. <laughs> ha, singing hallelujah. Nope. Nope. We can't. Don't get us. Yep. Uh, anyway. Um, the next one, totally different vibe. It is called Goodbye, Mr. Blue by Father John Misty. Yep. It is one of the most beautiful songs ever. It is about a cat dying, but it's really about a relationship dying. And the cat is there too. It's very sad. It's very beautiful, but like stunning. Just you put it on, you weep, you cry. And I'm not someone who like um, puts on music to cry. I generally like music to lift me up or transport me, but the song is so beautiful that it just doesn't even matter. Um, and the last one is... Um, Chase Long by Wet Leg. Wet Leg. That's a good it's one. So addictive. Americans want to say Chase Lounge, and so do I, I do. honestly. Um, but it's Chase Long. Anyway, extremely addictive chorus. Um, all day long, all day long in the Chase Long. That's all you need to know. It's like it's a song a child could sing. So addictive, Should. brilliant, and yeah, just a total banger by definition. I, ha I have one more. Oh, cool. The, that's another one. The Halloween song by Muse. Oh, yeah. That, ooh, that's, oh, that's good. That's a great one. Um, You Make Me Feel Like It's Halloween by Muse. Very Stunning. good music video, too. You Make Me yeah. Feel Like It's Halloween, Halloween. So good. Nice. We saw them perform it live, and it was powerful. We did. So good. Also, the music video references a lot of horror films for horror film fanatics. Excellent. Um, we stand Muse, forever going to stand Muse. That's that's a great pick. That's, a great that's pick. first show she ever shot for Pop Break. It's uh, an insane show. I'm with you on that. So good. So good. <laughs> Al, close this out again. What's uh, What Phoenix songs are you just picking for this? I love all of Kat's picks. Those are all great. Thanks um yeah those are all like super super like catchy addicting and like when do we get like a new good halloween song like, right really rare uh for yeah. that to happen uh i think that's the best new halloween song since werewolf bar mitzvah like Ooh. honestly Oh, yeah. yeah, that's 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 high praise, my friend. I got definitely two. definitely got the two. best since Ryan Gosling's Halloween album. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> Ryan Gosling has a Halloween album. If you don't know about it, search it right well, now. It's well, incredible. What? <laughs> we'll look up. We'll look that up. Don't worry. Al literally just said, "Wait, what? Wait, what? Uh, okay, so uh, Al, what do you got? Yeah, I got two real quick. Um, so I obviously Phoenix loved everything on that album, but uh, tonight, which is their first song uh, featuring someone, uh, Ezra Cohen, Cohen, Cohening, Cohening, uh, Ezra Cohen from uh, Vampire Weekend. Uh, such a catchy song. Um, definitely check it out. Uh, while you're checking out the Phoenix album that we keep mentioning, Alpha Zulu. Um, but yeah, it's great. The music video is really, really cool too. Um, because they're they're shooting it in two different parts of the world and it's like split screen. It's really cool. Um, the song that hit me the hardest this year, uh, a song that uh, kind of will stick with me forever, uh, past this year, uh, was from an album I mentioned earlier. Uh, it's a band called The Wonder Years. Um, from the uh, off the album, uh, the hum goes on forever. The song is called Wyatt Song in parentheses, your name. Um, it is about uh, basically uh, the whole album is very like of the pandemic of a 30 something year old starting a family and all this kind of stuff. So already and it's, of course, pop punk, Philly, Jersey like area. So uh, it resonated very much to me. But the song itself is basically about um his the, the the singer's new uh newborn son Wyatt and it just was kind of perfectly timed hearing that uh right before I had my daughter and uh now that song is forever associated with her so uh, if you get a chance check out Wyatt's song uh in parentheses your name uh off uh the wonder years the hum goes on forever uh, if you're wondering about the Ryan Gosling thing, it's called Dead Man's Bones. <laughs> just, yeah, just, look look, this up. just look it up. It's and read the bio. It's an adventure. You put out one album. It's very good. Yeah, no, it's excellent. Uh, Ryan Gosling, by the way, uh, BFF with someone else we mentioned earlier on this podcast, uh, Guillermo uh, del Toro. I was going to say Al Manorino. <laughs> there are iconic photos of Ryan Gosling and Guillermo del Toro going to Disneyland together. Oh, and fuck. um california i'm sure it, it was it was disney it was both they went to both um we stand let's move on to our next category which is the hold on the disney plus just sponsor us already award because christ <laughs> we cover everything on disney plus so let's keep this uh, nice and quick like just our favorite thing that we saw on disney plus this year which was uh for me there was actually a lot of stuff mostly because i watched way too much to see plus i have a seven-year-old now eight-year-old um it's uh, yeah it's a tie so i'm gonna go real quick it's gonna be uh guardians of the galaxy holiday special and andor both coming around the same time the guardians christmas special was made just for me it's it made me laugh it made me cry i love christmas so james gunn made this perfect little christmas special just for me and also for the rest of you guys and kevin bacon's in it he's resplendent and it's just a wonderful heartwarming tale about family that's also and just the right amount schmaltz and silly uh the other thing is andor we've mentioned it on the podcast before it's one of the best things that disney has done with star wars since they purchased the property um all those years ago um it is what i've wanted from star wars it is this serious um non-lore heavy series that relies on great acting great writing and great production tony gilroy is the showrunner he did a little movie called michael clayton if you haven't seen it run out and see it now it's one of the best george clooney one of his best performances ever so al i'm gonna kick off with you best thing you saw on disney plus this year 
And this is where you can say Bluey. It's okay. No, it's it's. <laughs> I mean, it's. Cool. Uh, I I enjoyed so much at Disney Plus. I don't think this is like necessarily like the best thing or whatever, but I really loved She Hulk. I thought it was oh, uh, very good. I mean, Marvel did a lot of great things on the TV side this year versus the the movie side. Um, I think they really crushed it on Disney Plus. Um, and just in terms of like just doing stuff a little more out of the box than you know they're always you know the Marvel the Marvel way the Marvel method and everyone's always saying like all this stuff is very repetitive and they're doing all the same stuff or they they it, it fits too much of a formula. I really thought they kind of did a lot of fun different things with She-Hulk, not just breaking the fourth wall, but you know reintroducing uh, a beloved character from uh, the Netflix shows with Daredevil, oh. um, and just getting really weird with it, especially with that, that last walk episode. of shame. Yeah, the walk of <laughs> the shame. Walk shame. The walk of shame was fantastic. And, like, getting super weird with it in the last episode, and just trying fun things and and uh, having a lot more fun um, doing it. Like they, they just looked like everyone involved was having a blast and I'm excited for them to do more things like that. But like, I could have easily said things like werewolf by night, uh, which was also that. fantastic. And there was also non-Marvel stuff. I mean, Andor is going to be mentioned a lot here, of course, but um, I just really loved what Disney plus was doing this year. Uh, I'm even liking the Santa clauses, which I didn't think I was going to, but it's not bad so far. I'm like two episodes in so Disney plus. Uh, Cole, gonna kick it over to you. What's the best thing you watched on Disney Plus this year? And why was it Hocus Pocus 2? <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2, which randomly out of nowhere ends like Infinity War, like just <laughs> it really, really, sad, does. <laughs> really sad and existential out of nowhere. Um, I would say the best thing I watched uh, was something that we mentioned earlier, but it was the Chippendale Rescue Ooh. Rangers movie. So good. Um, I only say that because when I first saw the trailers, I, I really thought I would like hate it. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it, it looked like a lot of things that I really generally don't like. But then I watched the movie and it was not any of those things at all. And it was a lot funnier and more subversive than I expected. And I loved it. It was kind of like watching, you know, like if you're in the movies and stuff, you always like read about like movies that almost happened, but never you know, they never happen, but like, you know, you might see like an image or like uh like concept art of the movie, and you always say, like, oh wow, I wish they would have made that. That's what this movie kind of felt like. It kind of felt like the Roger Rabbit 2 movie that they tried to make for many years. Yes, but never did, very much but Roger Rabbit. Yeah. You'd always hear all these kind of like amazing tidbits of what they were planning on doing with it, but like this movie actually is that thing. So yeah, this is great. Ben uh what what about you i feel like i know yeah no surprise for me if you listen to the podcast uh definitely andor it was the star wars you know thing that was made for me i, mean, I don't know what you couldn't like about it. it's uh espionage political drama it's got a heist it's got a prison break it's got an epic uprising you know it's got everything as amanda mentioned earlier andy circus is great in it um and Stellan Skarsgård is fantastic oh they so both good. got yeah. incredible monologues in this which i didn't think would be one of my favorite things about it but it's amazing. Um, and then Diego Luna can carry the show when he needs to. He's also awesome. So everyone should be watching this regardless of previous thoughts and feelings on any Star Wars material. It's just good. Pat, what was your favorite thing on Disney Plus this year? Is Marvel. Yes, Jersey Love represent. Balakon. She's that she's she should be leading the MCU. I her and her she, family she will be wow. cute as hell. New Jersey. Mm -hmm. 
A lot New of Bon Jersey. Jovi references. A lot of Bon Jovi references. Just awesome. It felt like real characters. It didn't feel like a product. I wasn't being sold anything. Just you know where you're being sold? Good time. A good time. I'm being sold a good time learning about Pakistani Indian partition. I mean, just great acting, great writing. I think that first episode of Ms. Marvel is, I don't know, maybe the first or like the best hour of like Marvel's done anything ever, like best introduction of a character. Um, just love it. Great show. It's so amazing that um, you have like a diverse, interesting character at the center who is so strong and good and it doesn't feel hacky. It doesn't feel like um, slapped together. It was, yeah, Ms. Marvel, just stunning. Kamala Khan, we love her. Top three show for me, for sure. Um, Amanda, close us out on Disney+. Plus. I think you guys are already already know what I'm going to say, and I'm going to go with Andor as well. Um, there we go. I just, the Beauty and the Beast live. You know, I was almost there. <laughs> but yeah, Andor is, is as Ben said, it was made for him. It was made for me too. If you're a Rogue One fan, it was made for four Rogue One fans. Um, but I also feel like even if outside of Rogue One, whether you liked it or didn't, I think, you know, it's just, it's one of those great shows. I feel like even if you didn't like Rogue One, you will like the show. Um, and it gave us the, the, the whole little club mix from like the first episode, yes. which is on my phone. The second half of the soundtrack, by the way, dropped, I think, yesterday. So at Star Wars South out. Beach. Yeah, yes. definitely like it. So this next category was Al's Lone Contribution. And if you've listened to to the to the category names, and if you listen to our podcast, when we do ratings, we come up, Al always comes up with a very unique way of rating episodes. Usually that is a decapitated uh, body part or a corpse. <laughs> so this category is the Almana Marino Memorial. Uh, oh, actually, it's the Book of Boba Fett, the Wookiee Rips Off an Arm Award for the best on-screen death or loss of body part. <laughs> what, a, what a niche category, but maybe my favorite. Again, Al, always with the ideas. There he is. Buddy, you're the one who came up with it. You're kicking it off. You need to unmute yourself, podcast professional. I'm Matarino. Probably going to steal uh, everyone's not, here. You're not stealing mine. I don't know. All right. You're definitely not. Because I took mine from Amanda from okay. an episode we did from the summer. My award winner for the book of Boba Fett, the Wookiee rips, rips it arm off award for best on-screen death or loss of body part uh, is the Illuminati from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's they get the one. shit killed out of them. Oh my god. Literally and, one, and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, each one better better than the last, uh, especially Black Bolt, who gets it. Uh yeah, no, it's great. It's so so good. Um uh, a lot of deserving ones. I, I had a great runner up, but it, it kind of steals my the my last category. So I'll I'll get back to that uh when we get to category 10 in 5 hours. Yeah, Kat, uh, what's your favorite loss of body part or death on screen this year? Um, So I don't watch a lot of horror movies because I'm scared. So when people are dying, my eyes are closed. That being said, um, we were able to watch in the safety of our own home where I could hide and no one could judge me um, because Cole would never judge me. We watched um, the, the Halloween Kills, the third of the Halloween trilogy. What a movie. 
Halloween ends. Ends. Oh, I'm sorry. Halloween, Halloween ends. Halloween sorry. Halloween I, I did the same second. thing. I did the okay. same thing. That whole podcast. Halloween parentheses 2018 Halloween kills and then Halloween ends. Um, I would recommend all three of those films. If you're into the Halloween movies, the third one goes off the rails. I think in my opinion, in in a really interesting way. (laughs) If you listen to Ben, I know was on that podcast. I remember that. Thanks, Ben. I remember that because I'm just like, we were just losing our minds about that. Like, like, I think it's one of the best movie experiences you'll ever have. It's so fucking insane. It's (laughs) It's truly insane, unpredictable. You're like, literally, where is this going? You're just along for a ride. And um, I will spoil one death in it just because it's so visceral. And oh, yeah, I, I know which one. <laughs> there's there's so there's many. three really good choices. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there, I know which there's one. There's honestly a lot. Um, the one I'm going with, mostly because it's music related. Yeah. There yeah. Is, <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, there's a very annoying DJ in the film. Yes. Who, um, I won't say who kills them, but they someone. talk a lot and they won't stop talking and they're really annoying. So someone comes in and um, cuts out his tongue and puts it on a record. And then the record spins around with the tongue on it. So it's kind of a dismembered body part and a death at the same time. Yes. No, um, it's, and it's, it's like so fucked up. It's not even the most fucked up death in that movie. There are no. like fucked up deaths. <laughs> but when I saw this, I don't know why, but I was like, oh yeah, I remember that fucked up thing in Halloween Ends. So <laughs> that is my that is my choice um, for this insane category. Cole, you watch a lot more horror movies than literally everyone on the. No, well, maybe not Ben, but like you guys are out there for the horror movies. But what is your um, pick for this category? Um, yeah, I I would say just overall. I don't know if I have a specific uh, kill from from this movie, but it's. Um, uh, yeah, my 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 pick would be Barbarian. Uh, it's oh, the yeah. movie that okay. came out, I think, this past fall. It did yeah. um, maybe like the one I would say, but it's it's kind of spoilery, so I'll try and tread lightly. But there's basically a kill that happens one third of the way into the movie with somebody that you think <laughs> you weren't expecting to die, but they do, um, and then it also kind of opens the movie up into like a completely different direction that you didn't really see it going in at all you could not have really possibly guessed that um so yeah that that would be my pick barbarian amanda death or limb which sounds like i'm monty python i know which one one? um i'm gonna go with death and i'm gonna go with the death that shocked me the most this year which is right off the bat boys the boys season three termite uh ripping his partner in half let's uh let's uh i don't know how spoiler i want to get but let's put it this way let's uh let's let's see um a sneeze basically just led to somebody getting blown up <laughs> in the most shocking <laughs> way possible i'm sure cat did y'all watch that yeah you know yeah. yeah 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 that that was probably the most gruesome just when you think the boys can't get worse with the deaths, I was like, "Boys are gonna boys, yeah. Boys are gonna boys." So if you're going death, if you're going death. All I gotta say is "chew," and then 
Oh, God damn. I, I feel like you can't even really talk about the death. No. This podcast becomes like NC-17. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. I mean, my, my runner-up, though, hashtag justice for Timothy. That's the runner-up for me too on that oh. whole yeah <laughs> shocking well, deaths apparently our, our, our ben's uh most shocking death even happened in the 80s when ellis um our favorite cocaine <laughs> snorting account got shot by uh hans gruber but anyway ben who's who's yours because i want to save mine for last because it's so fucking ridiculous uh yeah i was thinking somebody might already have this one maybe it's yours but uh, one of our favorite shows of the year peacemaker uh, there is a scene oh. where our team of anti-heroes comes up against a super gorilla and Economos uh, oh, of all people, Stephen Hackey comes out of nowhere and saws this thing in half with a chainsaw. Uh, much to the dismay of one vigilante, uh, Freddy Shoma, um, who we, you know, had oh. earlier in the scene just talked about how much he really wanted to kill somebody with a chainsaw. And then his glory was taken from him. And he's like all dismayed, like immediately after, like, you would have been cooler. He would have thrown me the chainsaw. And I'm Sorry. like, sick throw, bro. And then I killed a gorilla. <laughs> He's just vigilante. What a character! One of the all-time greats. I mean, That's best, just, if we had best, we're just gonna give him character. One. Best yeah, character wins. of 2022 might oh, be vigilante. It, I think it yes. was. Yes. Uh, mine was actually Al. When you were off, we did a House of the Dragon premiere episode, and you were not on it. And Amanda had to come up with a rating system. In that episode, Matt Smith cuts a guy's dick off, and Amanda out of nowhere. Spoilers. Uh, it's like two seconds. He just randomly, it's in the first episode, some random guy mouths off to him, chops his dick off. And then I say to Amanda, like, hey, how are you going to rate this episode? She's like, one to 10 severed dicks. And I'm like, <laughs> lost it because I'm not expecting Amanda to say it. So in severed honor dicks, of that man. moment, severed dicks by <laughs> Matt Smith, of all people, the boyfriend doctor uh, performing a dickectomy. <laughs> So that is. Uh, I mean, if you're going to get castrated by anybody, I guess Matt Smith is the way to go. Is it though? Because all those options sound terrible. Let's get into category number seven: the Johnny Utah Award. Of course, the site is named after Pop Break is named after the movie Point Break. If you didn't know, now you do. Uh, the best movie you saw in theaters this year because uh, it's not actually a guarantee that people are actually still going to theaters to watch uh, movies. For me, it was a movie we podcasted about earlier this year. It was Thor. No, it wasn't. Was it Thor: Love and Thunder? Yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder was my favorite because all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, did I see it? No, I saw it twice. I saw it once with Alan, I saw it with my daughter, uh, because I almost picked Wakanda Forever, which is my close runner-up. But Thor: Love and Thunder was the most ludicrous and hilarious, um, just silly, fun movies. It was a great time to theater just to get out and just decompress and watch something that Taika Waititi was like, you know what? Remember how things were funny? We're just going to put that on cocaine. And um, I was like, I was totally fine with it. Goat screaming, Russell Crowe with a ludicrous accent, which Kat said was actually a pretty decent Greek accent. So I'm going to yeah. say, hey, uh, to that one. Um, love Natalie Portman in it. Uh, one of my all-time favorite uh, Hollywood crushes uh, in it. Kicking ass. And when you're with a seven-year-old girl who just sits there and says, um, I would love to be the Mighty Thor, and I'd be like, just without the reason she began the Mighty Thor, that'd be great. So yes, it was a wonderful time with the movies, even though a lot of people didn't like it. I fucking love that movie. Um, ben, what was the best movie you saw in theaters this year? 
Yeah, I I haven't seen a lot, unfortunately. I was That's why I said theaters, because yeah. we're, we've kind of gone back to this. You know, a lot of us are watching it streaming now, and movies don't last that long in theaters yeah. these days. I did think I maybe saw five or six. Thor was one of them, and I considered that. Um, but it's, it's going to be a popular answer, but Maverick, probably. Um, yep. You know, I had to go with that one because it's one of the few that I was like, I have to go see this in the theaters. I don't just want to watch it streaming on home. You got to see the Big Max, uh, IMAX screen. Um no, I wish they called it Big Max. Big Max. What are you gonna better. say? I'm gonna go to the Big Max. To see. Big Max. <laughs> I'm a little hungry. Uh, <laughs> Eat something. You can take but, uh, after this. After seemingly being in development for like decades, uh, you know, having movie finally come out, um, it had a lot of expectations to try to live up to, and I feel like it delivered. You know, in a perfect combination of nostalgia and you know fun action, and it gave me what I wanted. You know, as a fan of the original movie, just for how you know funny off the walls campy it was at times, but. Uh, it, it was tough to to come into it and, and do it again and have people appreciate it in the same way. And I, I think it met what people wanted out of that movie. So that one for sure. I think that's going to be a popular pick. Amanda, best movie in the theater. For me, it was the Batman. Um, right, so I really, I really enjoyed it. It was one of the first films uh, my other half and I went to go see once we got out into the theaters. And I mean, Colin Farrell's Penguin was just impressive. I am so excited for the HBO show. I'm like, please, 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 just, just give it to me. I'm ready. And um, I loved Jeffrey Wright as oh, Gordon. So I mean, just so good. And Andy Serkis, Andy Serkis again, um, you know, as as Alfred. I mean, he did a great job. I mean, the whole scene where he's in the hospital. I mean, just, oh, yeah, my heart was just, was was there. Um, and I liked, I, I didn't know what to expect from Robert Pattinson because all I have is Twilight in my head and Harry Potter. And yeah. I was worried. Um, I mean, I think his his Batman was appropriate for the, the tone of the movie. Um, he's a little emo sometimes, but I guess Batman can be a little emo, you know, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I just, I loved the the whole detective aspect of it. It dived into a different part of Batman that we get in the comics that we don't necessarily get in the movies. So I liked the darker turn. And I also loved um, Zoe Kravitz as, as Catwoman. Yeah. I liked her interpretation Me of too. it. It's one of my favorites. We've talked about it before. Um, so I... I loved, I'm so glad I got to see it in theaters. It was nice to get back out there. And so the Batman is my pick. Uh, Al, what do you got for a theater? I'm not sure how many movies you saw in theaters this year besides Thor, Love and Thunder. It was uh, surprisingly with, low. Uh, yeah. Well, listen, again, we're uh, like, I think because this year has been so long, just, and this, like this podcast, because we are covering a whole year, but for the beginning part, especially in the Northeast, we were under lockdown. I know in California too, we were under lockdown for the first quarter, if not longer for this year, or you know, you were very restricted because we had all those big COVID surges. Let's not use that phrase anymore. That'd be great. Uh, so Al, what do you got? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's got to go Top Gun Maverick. I, I, mean, I, I like, I'm surprised you're not putting a full stamp on that. You told me it was a cinematic classic and I is. have to run the, to see it in, in life sense of the word, like seeing that in IMAX, like just it's big really... max, it's big max now, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> as, as, as Ben comes back and chomping on a hamburger, <laughs> um, see, just like actually seeing that with like yeah. a full audience and, and 
seeing this movie, which I had like no expectations. Like I don't like Top Gun. Like the first one is like not a good movie. It's very basic. I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good movie. It's not it's not a good movie. I like the plane stuff. Everything else is Top Gun Maverick is a good movie. It's a great sequel. It is really awesome. It's 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 it makes you care about a very forgettable but classic 80s movie. Um I I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And honestly, out of the movies I saw in theaters, I think that was the best one. Um, had fun, obviously, in Thor and Doctor Strange and things like that, but really love Top Gun Maverick. Uh very upset that I did not see uh everything everywhere all at once in the theaters, which uh definitely is going on a list of some sort or award. Um and Clerks Three, which would have been a great experience because sure. if you're if you're seeing Clerks Three, you're seeing it with like a room full of diehard view askew fans. So um that would have been a great experience too. But like I said, I I, I missed out on that opportunity. Excited to see it at home. Uh but yeah, top gun maverick. But Cat and Cole, I know you guys are avid moviegoers. You see a lot of if you ever I obviously I follow you guys on Instagram. I love you both. Uh so I see you guys go to the new Bev a lot. And you're wearing a new Bev Lee Cinema shirt, Cole. Um so what was the best movie you guys saw in theaters in 2022? Yeah, I was I thought about just new movies we saw in theaters and probably my pick would have also been the Batman. But um, my pick would just be everything like we saw and I I saw at the new Beverly this year and we saw, I don't know, like well over a dozen things. Um, Uh, For for those who don't know, the new Beverly Cinema is a theater in Los Angeles that's owned and curated by Quentin Tarantino. And um, he is a film bro in every sense that um, everything that shows at the New Beverly is on film. So on 35 millimeter, um, even the trailers, the previews, they play a cartoon. And so they'll play old movies oh, in addition awesome. to some new things. So. Yeah, they'll even show like a movie from Netflix on film. They'll get a film print struck that's by amazing. Netflix. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, how we saw that, Pinocchio. That's how we saw Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw a bunch of things at the New Beverly this year. A few highlights were at the very top. I saw a double feature of uh, two East Coast 80s ninja movies. One was called New York Ninja and the other was called Miami Connection. I'd seen I've Miami, about Miami Connection. Connection. Yeah, I'd seen Miami Connection many, many times. It's been kind of like a cult hit for the last decade or so. Um, but the, they showed this movie that's kind of recently discovered called New York Ninja, which was actually put together by a company called Vinegar Syndrome. And it, they yeah. found old film reels of a movie that was never finished. And they basically finished it. And it turned out to be this sort of bizarre, like psychotronic action movie from the 80s that it felt like a lost movie or something. But they, they brought it back to life. About a ninja who lives in New York, New York Ninja. Yeah. That was great. We saw uh, Poltergeist and Last Crusade there over the summer. Last Crusade. That was amazing. Nice. Um, I I saw like a all night marathon of summer camp horror movies there. So they showed The Burning, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, uh, Sleepaway Camp Two, and something called Twisted Nightmare. And sometimes when you go to the New Beverly, you have no idea what you're going to see because they won't tell you. 
and those are always like the best screenings because you you will just see the weirdest stuff there and the most like out of the blue stuff. Um, so that was fun. We saw Drive and the Nice Guys there. We did a double feature. Oh. That Drive was incredible to see again on the big screen. Yeah, the Nice Guys. Um, I have to watch eventually. Yeah, you got you gotta watch it this year. It's a Christmas movie, kind it of. Is. Kind oh, of. At the end, it is. It's a Christmas movie. Shane um, Black, of course, it's a Christmas. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, and then the last couple of things we saw, I saw Dress to Kill there, Brian De Palma's movie. Yep. Uh, we saw Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock. We saw Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, we oh, saw Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, and the last thing we just saw was uh, a double feature of The Shining and Eyes Wide Shut. So kind of a Kubrick christmas double feed that was that must have been a long ass double feature. yeah <laughs> the, the shining started at midnight yeah i hope they served eggs in the morning when the when they got to the eyes watch shot uh cat are you any difference from there from cole's list or you got something you want to throw on there um yeah i actually uh my list is three two of them have already been mentioned the batman was a great cinematic experience really enjoyed the movie like yeah. seeing theaters it was great seeing like a good batman movie again it's been many years um uh everything everywhere all at once incredible in a theater no spoilers there is a scene with um no sound there is dialogue but you read it and you could hear a pin drop because it is such an emotionally evocative scene and it was incredible bill i'm so excited for you to see it great experience and the last one very random um but i really loved seeing the movie tar with Kate blanchett oh okay um very heady film direct uh, written and directed by todd field would 100 percent recommend uh i love Kate blanchett so much it's about her playing a fictional uh composer who is problematic at best and um uh potentially uh, abusive uh at worst and um it's it's a very long interesting movie that i've thought about a lot since it has ended one thing i really liked about it and i really liked about the experience is that because it's so music focused and about composers and musicians um the credits play backwards so the movie starts and it tells you the performers who played music in the movie and then after it plays after it's that then it shows you the crew who worked on the movie then like the producers and the things then the actors and that's like how the movie starts so wow it's it kind of gives away the ending a little a little bit it's if you understand the context afterwards yeah that's true um it's just very good and it's a movie about adults in a room talking and uh the theater we saw it in people were gasping at uh really just small things it was just a really engaged theater and a great movie i'd highly recommend tar i'm guessing kate blanchett's gonna be nominated for her performance oh, for, yeah. yeah best oh. actress and honestly i think it's gonna be between her and michelle yo i would be delighted if either won um, because they were both excellent. So yeah, those were my uh, favorite movie-going experiences in the theater this year. By the way, you, you specified that Kate Blanchett plays a fictional 
composer apparently a lot of people don't understand that they thought she was playing a real person yeah they thought it was a real oh. person because she is because it's like so specific like the the lore for lack of a better word in the movie is so detailed that people think it's a real story no it's fake um yeah, even though it takes place now yeah <laughs> but we love tar and lydia tar i mean we don't love her actions but we love the film so kat i'm gonna go start Right back with you from our next category, which is the oh man, am I actually out in the real world award for a best live event you attended in 2022? And for many of us, holy shit, we actually went back out and did things this year. That was quite a shock to the system. So, Kat, I'm going to start with you. We talked about it earlier. You shot a lot of shows this year. So, what was your favorite live event? Of course, live event just doesn't have to be concert. It could be stand up comedy, could be pro wrestling, could be whatever. Uh, you did actually. I went to a stand-up comedy thing with Al this year. I forgot that was actually. Oh shit! So yeah, we saw John Mulaney this year. I'm like, oh shit! Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so what do you got? Uh, yeah, I did shoot a lot of events this Great year, stuff. but you could, um, you could see everything on uh, thepopbreak.com. Check that out. Um, it was really hard to pick just one, so I kind of narrowed it down to two. They happened on like back-to-back weekends, so um, I, I was in a haze and editing for a month after, basically. But uh, the first one was uh, just like Heaven Festival. We stand. They have incredible lineups, and the lineup this year was so great. Interpol, Franz Ferdinand, Block Party, Modest yeah. Mouse, The Hives, MIA, just stunning. It was like the mid aughts baby. Yeah. Someone looked at my iPod in 2007 and they're like, hmm, let's make a festival just for cat. Um, and it was great. As as the youth say, actually, I don't even know if the youth says this anymore, but somebody oh at some point says that the vibes were immaculate. It was that just really great, really great time. Excellent. Um, a Golden Voice event. We love Golden Voice. Send us to more. We things. do Golden Voice. Um, hey, listen, Golden Voice. You are golden. Honestly, it truthfully, it was organized immaculately. Just throwing that out there. And I've been to a lot of festivals. Um, next one, also a Golden Voice event. It's called This Ain't No Picnic. Not Incredible actually. lineup, and it was just so fun to shoot. It was very stressful to shoot, but it was great. LCD sound system. The Strokes. Le Tigre for their first show in what, like a decade? I don't even know. Yeah, it's been a long time. Turnstile, Idols. So who, who, um, who were the Sparks? Yeah. Sparks. So many, just so many good acts. Um, I felt so lucky to to shoot so many incredible acts. I discovered this band called Jungle. There, very I like Jungle. Jungle. They're so fun. Um, yeah. Great event. Both of them were great, organized very well. It was one of those things where I was, I honestly have a lot of anxiety in public. I have a lot of anxiety being around a lot of people. And there were 30, 40,000 people at these events. And it was organized so well that I never felt scared, never worried. We were outside. Both of these events were um, at the Rose Bowl. We stand the Rose Bowl. Everything was just organized so well. (laughs) Not um, never in 13 years ago. I wasn't like, you know what? We're going to shoot the Rose Bowl one day. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, just really, really great events. Great, great music festivals. I think everybody who went like had a really good time and um, the acts were just great. So yeah, those, those yeah. are my picks. That's super important, especially when we're, you're out 
outdoors, or, you know, we've been into events like feeling safe was a big, yeah. important thing. I think uh, I think we really kind of forget that until we actually get back out there. So, Cole, I'll ask you, uh, what was yours? Uh, I would say best uh, public events were we saw gorillas live. That was yeah. pretty incredible. Had never seen them live before. At the forum. At the forum. Um, and then we saw Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and they were. This was at the Hollywood Bowl, oh. and they were. Their opener was the Linda Lindas and oh. Japanese breakfast. And Japanese breakfast. What a lineup! Say, what a lineup! I would say the highlight was when all three of them, all three groups, were on stage, and they did a cover of Kids in America together. And yeah. It was like insane amazing Cole literally turned to me so we have you have like three generations of like asian american female artists fucking killing it and i'm like this is so amazing and cole turns to me and he's like this feels like sweater man far from home like they're all (laughs) (laughs) i mean i get that i totally get it yeah it was great yeah Uh, yeah ben tell me best live event you went to um, yeah, so I did go to a few festivals and house shows, but um, in November, me and Ali actually went to go see Taylor Tomlinson's new uh, stand-up special. Love uh, Oh, wow. The Have It All tour. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, I'm obsessed with her. I want to yeah. see her. Everyone should be, Same. honestly. She um She has a couple of Netflix specials, uh, if you haven't yeah. seen them already. Um, actually, we saw her in Scottsdale for free, like front row, when she was doing her material for Quarter Life Crisis, which was her first one. Um, free show, and then she blew up since then. So obviously not free now, but still worth the money. Um, new set's really great. It's still really heavy into like the topics that she's always kind of covered, like her, you know, conservative Christian upbringing and relationship with her dad and uh, struggle with mental health. Um, but then she's also added a lot of like crowd work into some of her sets now too, which you know obviously like vary from you know set to set and show to show depending on who volunteers themselves. But she's really quick witted and, and does some great stuff with that too. So definitely recommend checking her out um, if she comes to any city anywhere near you where you can drive and go check it. But if not, then you know catch her on Netflix. Uh, Amanda, um, you did. You've been to wrestling shows. You saw Rammstein uh, at a concert, throwing fire all over the place. What was your I favorite did. live event this year? Oh, it's tough. When, met, um, when you met Ewan McGregor, <laughs> I know. I'm like, does that count as a live event? Because it, <laughs> it does. It's a con. It sure does. Wait, I'm sorry, you met Ewan McGregor. I did. I did. It's uh, oh, he is glorious in person. I'm like, if that counts, that's definitely one of my top two. Um, <laughs> It does, sure. Yeah, he. Oh my gosh, be one like it, even more handsome in person. I, I, I walked up and I'm like, hi. And of course, <laughs> my son gets super shy. He's like, is he going to? I can't do an Irish accent for the life of me. But he was like, is he going to be all right? I'm like, he's fine. It's okay. We'll take the picture. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. He's like, thank you for being here. I'm like, uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that was I squeaked and just it was like a fog, you know, kind of this hazy experience. Oh my and God. Then, yeah, he was just, he was very sweet, shook my hand, very charming. Yeah, I was like, if you want to just, you want to, you know, another wife, you can, we can go down this. San Antonio Courthouse is not that far from here. <laughs> the first is real, Amanda. I love it. It is, it is. And, uh, you know, and and when my man hears this, it's okay. He understands. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ewan gets a pass. It's fine. Yeah, he gets a pass. I mean, he even was like, I'm so upset I wasn't in town for that. I was like, yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> um, but that's definitely one of my top two. But I really loved seeing Collective Soul and Switchfoot. 
They were one of my favorite shows to go to. Amazing live. Amazing. And um, just a great pairing with Switchfoot. Great energy. Uh, The venue was perfect. It was a majestic theater here in San Antonio. And um, Switchfoot did this awesome cover of the Beastie Boys, Sabotage. Nailed it. Um, Collective Soul, they covered, they did REM cover. Uh, Switchfoot did as well. There was one point where they were both playing together. It, It just everything was very uplifting and was very much needed. Um, especially after being you know, locked down with COVID, it, it was just such a positive, joyful experience. Right. I mean, I loved it. And uh, Rammstein had been my number one for the year. Um, but when Collective Soul and Switchfoot came in, it just was a great energy. Rammstein was great as well. My only minus on that was the venue choice, which is the AT here. The acoustics were not that great, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but the venue, the I mean, but the the spectacle, Rammstein, just on point as always. Um, and I have to, of course, throw out my favorite wrestling show of this year, which was um, an indie show uh, by a promotion called Uncanny Attractions, and a little different in that they are definitely more um, inclusive in terms of welcoming, you know, the the LGBT. Uh, Q community and um, just and that's really the emphasis they're highlighting and bringing in um, very diverse wrestlers from all over. I mean, they were highlighting. I mean, there was a fantastic match with either Surreal and Kylan King. Awesome match. Um, tall you know, had, people. <laughs> oh yeah, they tore it down. Um, Sunny Kiss and Billy Dixon tore it down as well. Um, there was a, a great ten man scramble that opened up with. Um, the fashionista Devin Carter getting the win for that. Um, just he did an awesome job. And Luigi Primo, everyone's favorite pizza maker, was in that as well. <laughs> I know it was great. It was great. So such a great energy. I like um, how you picked that over WrestleMania, which you watched and you were I live did, at. but but <laughs> I love indie shows though. There's That's just true. something about them. And um, yeah, and then watching and then watching, you know, Brandon Vice, you know, just just eat it on the sidewalk is is one of the highlights of my life sometimes. So we don't know who that is. Brandon made his podcast interview last week and it's Amanda's significant other. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I'm going to go to, because I want Al to finish this off. I, uh, my two favorites uh, both took place in Newark, New Jersey. The first was the aforementioned John Mulaney uh, uh, comedy special, um, which was a lot different than what you would expect from John Mulaney. He really dove into his addiction, his recovery, becoming a father. Um, a different John Mulaney special than one would expect. And uh, yeah, I thought it was really awesome. And the other one was uh, I saw AEW full gear in November of 2022. Uh, I was not expecting to go to this show. Buddy of mine, uh, Christian Wagner called me up and he's like, Hey, I got box seats. Um, Let's go. And I'm like, cool. I don't really want to sit amongst a, a crowd right now especially going on vacation in two weeks. And it was a card that was everyone was kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like a good card. And then it turned out to be one of the best cards of the year. Uh, the crowd, it, it felt good to be at a wrestling show where you were so alive and everyone was just so into it. And so feeling the emotion and the vibe where I had been to two other shows. And it was both at the Prudential Center, those previous two shows, and people were into it, but there was still like a hesitation because of COVID. And people were still trying to get their feet amongst it because the other one was right after Christmas. So people were really nervous. This one, people felt more excited, more friendly, more alive, more into it. And it was a great experience. Al. You had one hell of a year with live events uh, from red carpets and major arenas. Uh, what was your favorite live event this year? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple. Real quick, three of them. Uh, I'm gonna do one Poprick, one NJ.com, and then one just me existing technically, but it's really Poprick. I mean, you're always um, existing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, got to see Phoenix with my cousin. Um, I want to say 12 years, maybe 13 years after seeing them for the first time with my cousin, which is really cool uh, to get to see them again. They are the best live band in the world. Um, speaking of best live bands, uh, got to see Turnstile twice this year, uh, once at the Fillmore and once at the Stone Pony. Um, the Fillmore show was like a life-changing experience seeing like I, that was like the show that really like made me feel like oh music's back like music like live music <laughs> is back the energy there was like it made me like fall in love with live music again like so good uh and then Coldplay at MetLife which is a uh, picture hanging back there uh multiple reasons obsessed with Coldplay um gets shoot MetLife's stadium uh which i think was i think the second time at that point but like still seeing my one of my favorite bands of all time in metlife um sold out crazy huge crowd uh in the biggest venue in the state uh the tri-state area i would think um yeah it's it was amazing and i took my favorite photo i think i've ever taken so um there's that so let's uh i just uh, i i give al tons of shit on this podcast well and justifiably so uh, uh but if you've never seen his work before go to his instagram page because i assigned al his first photo shoot ever which was panic at the disco at the it changed a million times named but it was like literally is an arena on a high school campus in tom's river new jersey like and a warehouse no, it's a, it's a, it's, it looks it, like a warehouse. It does. It's ludicrous. And it's, it's literally it's on a high school campus and like live nation books there constantly. Um, I saw that. I remember him calling me up panicked. You could hear him sweating through the phone. I was how panicked do I at the disco. How he was panicked at the disco and he was, he was sweating through the phone. How do I shoot a concert? What F stop do I, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And now I see him go out this year and shoot some of his best work. Every um, thing he shot got better and better and the same can be said for cat yeah i remember we uh we got her into i'm like hey you want to shoot muse in central park (laughs) and she's like yeah (laughs) and now not only is like the captain of a very large ship of trying to get people all around the country into concerts getting herself into one and a little bit of heartbreak on some of these but getting to shoot going through massive crowds and getting amazing photos of nine inch nails and lord and arctic monkeys from that one festival uh, absolutely some of the most gorgeous photos she's ever taken so i'm very proud of both of them i'm very proud of all the people at the pop break who've taken photos all legitimately all over the country this year i want to thank all our photographers put in the lord's work we're going to do this pod this one real quick this is episode this is uh the pod adultery um because you should all just listen to this podcast but when you're not listening to socially distance although we did have a record are they here, still listening it, we're in month fuck, nine of this episode fuck you know i do well it's better the bill versus the mcu podcast go three hours so i mean like come on no, we do good numbers on those too. People like long form podcasts i do i do i, 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 I mean i do I, like, I just yeah. saved uh a two two and a half hour this better be your episode. pick by the way it's not my pick 
it's uh, no, but this is interesting because I haven't I haven't listened to it yet, so it's not my pick. But uh, Dana Carvey and um, what's his fuck? Uh, David Mars. Spade. David Spade, they have a podcast together yeah. and they just did a two yeah. two episodes about Chris Farley with like special oh. guests like Adam Sandler oh, wow. and stuff. Wow. So like it's like five hours of them talking about Farley on his like the 30th anniversary of his death or something like that. Um, if that makes sense, mathematically. Uh, but yeah. 25th. Thank you. 25th, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that because uh, I think people would be interested in hearing about that. Sorry. If you're committing pod adultery, and you're a wrestling fan, uh, I would highly recommend Foley is Pod, which is uh, a play on the uh, phrase Foley is God, which was uh, the second book from professional wrestler and one of my literary heroes, Mick Foley, who wrestled in the WWE during the Attitude Era, also wrestled as Cactus Jack. Um, it's basically him recounting, uh, talking about different subjects. One of my favorite podcasts, Mick, I think Mick Foley, it, you know, he is extremely funny, extremely affable, extremely charismatic. Uh, and gives just this it's this warm retelling it's not some guy who's just a lot of these older wrestling guys are on podcasts very bitter very everything was better when i was doing it you son of a bitch and it's not like that you know he's honest but he it's more of a glowing kind of fatherly uncle grandfatherly type podcast where it's just like this is what happened when i was younger and it really is just an interesting way of listening to things. And even if you're not a wrestling fan, you probably won't like it. But I mean, the subject matter, but just his style, his cadence, it just feels very welcoming. Like, even if you know the stories at all, it just feels like, wow, this is like this is just like a story around the fireplace. And that's like kind of what I like about it. Um, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't be self-indulgent about one podcast I'd, I would recommend you listen to if you want to get to know me. Um I did an episode in the fall of this podcast called Detoxicity, which my good friend Mike Haliger runs. It's a mental health podcast for dudes who actually talk about their mental health. Uh, and I opened up about my struggles over the last 10 years with alcohol, with depression, with anxiety and stress and medication and all sorts of stuff. And my dad's passing, like literally everything. Uh, if I just sound like a human cartoon character, one, I am. Two, um, one thing that's happened on this podcast, if you've listened through the last year, um, you notice maybe I'm more coherent on these podcasts because I quit drinking, um, too, which was, if you know me like a year ago, you'd be like, well, that's never going to happen. Um, but I straightened my life out and I'm a much happier human being. And you'll find out why on this podcast. And a lot of people feedback, give me feedback, especially post COVID about how hard it is not to drink and how hard it is to talk about your feelings and admit uh, that stuff about depression and other things like that. And it's helped people. So that's why I did it. I didn't do it for a pat on the back. I did it for people to know like, Hey, a lot of people, despite outgoing and insane, they might seem, you know, insane in the most positive sense of the word. Uh, so check that out on all your favorite streaming platforms. So uh, after that bummer, um, Amanda, what podcast besides this one are you listening to that you oh or let's try to keep it to one that you guys are listening to that we could uh, you would recommend to the people? So, um, so Bill, again, thank you for I actually I listened to your episode and it was really really moving and powerful. And so, thank you for sharing, you know your your story. Um, I meant to I meant to message you about that, but then I was very emotional about it. It is, Um, and so but. Thank you for that. So no, no it's not a downer. That's awesome that you did that. It's hard to do. 
So um, the podcast that I would recommend is actually one that two of my friends here in town, it's a husband and wife, um, Josh and Deb Long. Uh, they've had going for a couple of years. It is called Cast of the Pod. And um, I am not a horror movie person. I'm like Kat. I'm here like, eh, eh, gruesome death. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but they cover a variety of horror movies on their podcast. And I'm trying to start watching them now, like feeling a little bit better about it. Um, I mean, they cover everything. They they covered, of course, you know, Poltergeist. Um, I love Krampus. It's such a great movie. Um, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, but they, that was their latest episode. They did Krampus. Um, obviously, like The Crow, both versions of Firestarter. Um, and I mean, that was something they started just doing for fun. And I started listening to it when I met them because they do a lot of the sound and um, and kind of media for Hybrid School of Wrestling, which I attend a lot of their wrestling events. And so I got to meet them uh, through a couple of promotions we work for. Great podcast, easy listening. They bring a variety of different guests. And again, it's all horror movie based. Um, but again, for somebody who doesn't like horror movies, I actually, I like their approach to it. And um, Josh and Josh is very outgoing and very witty. And Deb is kind of the nice little balance to him. She's the more introverted of, of the pair. So they, they, they go nicely together. Um, and they, they have, again, a, a good variety of guests. So I highly recommend Cast of the Pod, which is on all streaming platforms. Hey, maybe we'll have them come on and talk one day. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Kat and Cole, uh, a podcast each uh, that you guys listen to when you're not listening to Socially Distanced. Are you, are you, do you have a different one from mine? I do. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah, um, I want to give that's, a shout out. By the out. way, that's so, I love you guys as a couple of years from <laughs> Um, well, I didn't choose the one you were going to pick because I knew you were going to pick it. Um, a shout out to a pop break contributor, Ken Gray and Pierre, his podcast, The New Exchange. Uh, that'd be if cool, you man. like, if you like music and you like being on top of like, who's going to be the next big person, listen to Ken's podcast. He does incredible interviews with up and coming artists who inevitably explode all the time. Oh, and they're yeah, it's ridiculous. Super diverse, lots of different types of music from a lot of different countries. Ken, who I love dearly, is always just on top of shit. So if you're a music fan, please check out Ken. Um, my number one most listened to podcast, other than Socially Distance, obviously, um, is a podcast that I've been listening to uh, semi-religiously for the last 10 years, and that is Mark Maron's WTF, New Jersey. Um, lock the gates. We're still locking them. I, I rarely miss an episode. I just love him. Love his interviews, love who he talks to. Even when I have no idea who he's talking to, I always learn something. Um, so he's always playing in my car. Love Mark Marin. Always Mark, rooting for him. Mark Marin, my first interview for NJ.com. I had to do it while I was pushing Sophie uh, in her stroller off the Hasbury Park boardwalk. And he got a real <laughs> kick out of that. Yeah. He was like, You're pushing a baby while talking to me? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, All right. I, I you got Mark Marin. It's not Sophie. <laughs> no it was on the phone i wish he did. Oh. He would have a great time he kind of did you kind of did cole what about you sir uh i would say my favorite podcast this year listening to it would be the blank check podcast with griffin and david um i think it's been around for a while i only think has, i yes. learned yeah i think i only learned about it in the last year or so um, but I've started listening to a ton of it and it's just great it's sort of like a podcast that feels like it was tailor-made for me because you know as a movie fan like you get like obsessed with directors and their filmographies and like exploring their filmographies and that's exactly what they do and they always pick very interesting 
uh, people to go over. They've done John Carpenter. They've done Christopher Nolan, but then they've also done like Jane Campion. Uh, that uh, Gina, who's the director who did Love and Basketball? Oh, it's a hyphenated name. Yeah, yeah. Um, they may like it's it's really great because oh, what another thing I was gonna say: long form podcasts are where it's at. There are some people who I like who I won't name who make beautiful podcasts that are twenty minutes long. Too short. Too short. Look, I need to put my headphones on and do things. I don't have time to change it every twenty minutes. Long form is great. They will spend three hours going through each frame of Back to the Future and talk about yeah. why it's brilliant. Yeah, we 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 listened to all their episodes about Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, which was great. It made me go back and watch those movies again. Um, they do uh I really encourage people to listen to their Spider-Man 3 episode because they do an impression of Tom Hardy as Venom that's like stunning. <laughs> that that's the only word I could use for it. It like kind of changed my life. Um Right now they're doing, they're going through the filmography of Henry Selleck, who did Wendell and Wild and did Nightmare Before Christmas and all these weird animated movies. Um, made me go and watch two movies I'd never seen, James and the Giant Peach and Monkey Bone. Uh, which, yeah, it's the infamous <laughs> movie, yeah. Yeah, I, and you know what? I ended up liking both way more than I thought I would have. Uh, so. And before that, they went into all the movies of Sam Raimi. Yeah. So just... Just really good time. I can't wait to watch the listen to the Quick and the Dead episode. Uh, It's a good one. Great. Ben, uh, I have a feeling it might be about ECU. Uh, Maybe the Commanders uh, throwing some football in there. Yeah, it's no. called Oh My God, I Hate My Life. <laughs> it's, it's just a Commander's ben talking podcast. It's called ben I Hate ta- Football. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's Ben talking to a tomato can. Uh, there's, there's always next year, the official Commander's podcast. Oh. Wow. wow. We're just kicking them guys, away. Guys, guys, I'm a giant <laughs> fan. This is our, the first year we've been good in like a decade. Yeah, we won four uh, Super Bowls. So I mean, Ben, it's not even me, the Cowboys fan, who's doing that. It's it's the Giants. <laughs> I know, I know. It's recent, recency bias. Um, yeah, so no, my favorite podcast uh, that I listen to outside of ours, of course, is uh, more mainstream, but it's it's Dak Shepard and Monica Padman's uh, Armchair Expert. Uh, so I've been listening to that pretty much since it got started. Uh, they're a really fun pairing, and they've gotten better, I think, year over year. Um, is there, you know kind of sharing the limelight a little bit more now with Monica chiming in and they've got a bunch of different offsets, uh, offsets that they've started doing too. Um, they get a lot of, you know, celebrities on there, which are cool that you recognize, but then there's a lot of, you know, tech experts and politicians and people in just various fields. So you're always learning something. Um, and I, I enjoy the conversations that they have. Uh, and then they've added much in the way one of my other favorite ones is Conan O'Brien needs a friend, but he started just interviewing so good. regular people and makes them super interesting. Uh, so they have kind of a similar thing that they've adopted for armchair expert now too, um, where they just have like a prompt and people can write in and say they have a story about that prompt and then they'll have them on to tell their story. Uh, so maybe about like something that happened during a holiday or like a dating app or getting trapped somewhere, pooping themselves in the gym, for example. So they have a lot of really, really interesting <laughs> prompts. That I didn't even realize the stories are Not fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, and then they've also got flightless bird which is on there too uh, which is david farrier he was from new zealand and he got trapped here in america during uh, the pandemic and so he's basically doing a series where he's just talking about things that are american that he doesn't understand and that's really good too also part of it um and then monica and one of her best friends that i don't remember are doing race to 35 right now too which i think is just ending but it's um about their fertility journey actually because they're turning 35 and so they're going through that process so 
I haven't listened to that one specifically, but I know it's it's super helpful for a lot of people and they've you know kind of come on the show and talked about how much it's been good for them. So really good podcast. And they got a lot of different stuff kind of within that same family. Uh, Al, I know you mentioned other stuff. Did you give your official pick yet? Uh, no. So my, I have two, um, you can I, tell Al's getting tired because the gel's out of his hair now. It's starting to get, there's no gel. Hot. I took a shower. He's gets gel real po- he gets real poofy when he gets, tired. Uh, that's like my it's, hair gets 10 feet high. Yeah. Um, there was never gel in it. I just took a shower. So the first one, I always mention them. I've been mentioning them for years. Uh, the Ralph report, which is a uh, Ralph Garman's podcast. Um, yeah, Eddie Pence a, on that podcast and Eddie Pence, of course, uh, his co-host. Um, he's been on this podcast. He's a great guy. Uh, both great guys. And Washington and, Commanders fan. And oh yeah, he's a Washington Commanders fan. Yes, yeah. he is. Um, like and, and, and Ralph's an Eagles fan. So it's, it's uh, a fun, fun combination. So yeah, I just love that show so much. It is a Patreon exclusive podcast. You can listen to every episode that comes out on Mondays, but it's actually a daily podcast, five days a week. And it feels like a like a almost like an R-rated traditional radio show. Like if you remember like listening to like Z100 and stuff like that, where you basically become involved with the these people's lives and the people who call into the show become part of the show. That's what it is. And it's really just a fun community. Uh, the Garmy as we are called. Uh, so I love that podcast. Uh, I have to mention them every year. It's been around, I think almost six years now, which is crazy. Um, and then this is a newer podcast. It is great. And it's one I actually watch more than I listen to. Uh, it's the always sunny podcast, which is so yeah. good. It's so good. Uh, if you haven't this, had a chance to listen to it, if you're a fan this of this last song, episode, amazing. Danny DeVito, insane. Yes. I second that, Al. Strong yes. second. Yes. Is, is so, it the cast from the show? It is hosted by Glenn, Mac, uh, well, Rob and Charlie. And wow. uh, Megan, who is a writer on the show, who basically is their like producer and does all of the work while they um, just, you know, host and podcast about it. But the show started as like a traditional like rewatch show. It basically has become a, a version of Always Sunny where the episodes will be like, oh, we're talking about this episode. And then they go off in these tangents and they're talking about just their daily lives and shit. So good. They've done uh, live episodes. They toured it. They brought it to Philly. Um, you can watch where they've taken basically all the like the three major live shows they did. And in one episode, they kind of put it all together. It's fantastic. It's it's so well produced. They obviously have, um, you know, probably the money from FX or whatever behind it. They have beautiful studio, all these great guests. And yeah, it is. if you were a fan of the show or a fan of just these actors, you, you, you know, you've watched a few episodes here and there. It's worth listening to because it's it's feels like uh, a compendium to the show. It's great. We're going to get into our last uh, award segment. I know you thank you for being along for this ride. Guys, when, when we do this, just plug your social medias where people can find you on. So this way we could just ride off into the sunset of 2022. Thank you guys all for sticking around for as long as we have. Um, and that last category is named after me. It's the Bill. We're going to bug you until you watch that thing award uh, for the piece of pop culture. You felt that one thing that you think you think flew under the radar. Not enough people are watching or listening to or reading something that you love. It's just like, why are not enough people consuming this piece of pop culture? Because it would make their lives richer. 
I'm going to start because I'll give you how low. And Al actually mentioned this before. And it is a film that's now on Netflix called RRR. It is a three hour plus um, movie from India. And it is a musical. It is a historical period piece. It is a martial arts movie. It borrows plot points from Point Break and The Departed. It's an action movie. It's a dance movie. It is fucking everything you could want in a movie. It is one of the most bad. It starts three separate times. It has three opening credit sequences that come in different parts of the movie. It is one of the most batshit insane movies I've ever seen. It's also one of the most captivating spectacles of a movie, too. This is the definition of a spectacle. You will sit there and be like, There's, they're fighting tigers and they're like knocking guns out of people's hands. They're repelling off things. Guys are shooting arrows. And this was all in the first 10 minutes. One guy literally fights 400 protesters and wins. And you're just like, that's stupid. This is dumb. This is a bad movie. No, this is a great movie. And apparently India did not submit this to the Oscars for the international best picture for best international picture. But it is eligible for best picture. And there is a shot it gets nominated. It's been nominated for a Golden Globe, uh, multiple Golden Globes and multiple awards around the world. Uh, Guys, If you haven't watched this movie, I beg of you, put the subtitles on. You will 100% love this movie because it is so fun and so over the top. And you will be caught up in every sincere bit of emotion in this movie. It is fucking incredible. RRR, streaming now on Netflix. My name is Bill Bodkin. That is all my picks for 2022. Find me on Twitter at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. It's a whole bunch of wrestling bullshit, and most importantly, stuff from thepopbreak.com. I've been running this thing for 13 years. I appreciate every single person that has contributed, read, and done anything with this site. Go check it out. And now I'm going to take it to my first co-host, Al Manorino, your under the radar pop culture recommendation and your social media plug. Crime videos reacher. <laughs> you love that thing. You talked about it so much. I love it. I've heard good things. Guys, I love that movie. Guys, after you watch Ambulance. Okay. <laughs> we I talked about it, that two and a half hours ago. <laughs> reacher. Uh it's I don't know what to say about this show. Like it is ah, it's like. It's so stereotypical in the sense that like there is it's made for a specific older white male generation that just like loves their rough and tough like giant guy wearing blue right now. (laughs) So it's a dad show is what I it is the daddest show ever. However, I think it is so self-aware that it's a dad show that it goes to another level of awesomeness. Um, It's. It's got a little justified, little banshee, little bit of everything like in that kind of realm. I fucking love this show. It was so much fun to watch. I can't wait for it to come back. I hope it comes back. I don't know if it's been official. Yeah, they're filming right now. It's coming back. It is so fun. So much fun. Um, So I I highly recommend Reacher. If you want like just like a no nonsense, going to fuck shit up uh you know straight uh, like it's basically the 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 wizard man with no name like he, he comes in he just saves the town ridiculous it's yep. awesome it's yep. a reacher 
plug your social media. Oh, I think it's important to mention that the guy that plays Reacher played uh, Aquaman in Smallville. Smallville. He played yeah. Raphael Castle. in right. the Ninja Turtles movie. He was in was it was, Blue Blue Mountain State too? He's Blue Mountain State is yeah. Bad Castle, yeah. And, and he was in Titans. So yeah. he's played a lot of superheroes. Also, yeah. I'm sorry, he was in something called Dark Web Colon Cicada three three zero one. Yeah, for uh, sure. That's that's a rom com. Uh, it was uh, produced for the Hallmark Channel during Christmas. Uh, he plays the country boy, and um, I think Tim- Tiffany Amber Thiessen is the lawyer who goes to her hometown because she hates um, the big city and they fall in love. But he turns out, no, 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 turns out he's actually he's actually Santa Claus's son, and they get married, and she becomes Mrs. Claus. That's a fucking Hallmark movie plot. I saw it at my mom's house. It's fucking Look, ridiculous. I will this. always watch. Watch anything with Kelly Kapowski. He also Get that away. From um, me. Al, plug your social media so people could find you. Yeah, you can work. find you can find me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter for nonsense, Instagram for photos. But honestly, I'm getting really tired of social. So yeah, just join. Just find me. I don't know. Find me here. Find me in my office. That's where I am. <laughs> ben, your underrated piece of pop culture for 2022, or people can find you and just hear you commiserate about the commanders. Yeah, well, very surprisingly, Al took mine. I was going to say Reacher uh, just for all the reasons that he said. So I'll pivot and just go to the thing that I'm writing right now for this site as we do the podcast a little bit. Um, Who Killed Santa? A Murderville uh, murder mystery. Uh, yes. Because if you watched Murderville, it's it's fantastic. Just basic premise is um, it's mostly improv comedy. There's a, a rough outline of a sketch for Will Arnett uh, and a couple of recurring characters, but then they have guest uh, celebrity pickers come on each week and they're just reacting to what's happening to them. And then they're trying to figure out who committed the murder. So in this one, um, we have Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph for the two primary people that come on. Uh, and we'll save that there's a third person that uh, is a surprise. Uh, they don't want to put that out there, but it's great. They're trying to figure out who killed uh, Santa Claus essentially in this one. And uh, it's every bit as good as you would think it would be. Um, so, so good. So check that out. And I'll have a review up on the site soon, uh, along with hopefully a review of Jack Ryan season three, which I need to write. I was going to start tonight, but it's probably going to be tomorrow. I have finished the show now. Uh, it drops tomorrow. Um, so we'll try to get it out soon. And also I got to write 1923 Yellowstone story. Uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. And I want to get around to Tulsa King too, because that show's pretty good. Um, so a lot of things I need to write over the next couple of weeks. But uh, you can find me at BD Murkison on Instagram and Twitter and everything on the popbreak.com. Uh Kat and Cole, where can people find you on Letterboxd and uh your uh your hidden treasure uh of pop culture for 2022? Uh, on letterbox it's just my name cole rothacker r-o-t-h-a-c-k-e-r you'll find me there i'm always making lists and logging things that i watch and i watch Mm -hmm. something practically every day and writing funny little reviews for them Mm -hmm. Uh, so so if that sounds one of your reviews one time was like i saw these two dudes on screen i was like just make out and it was like cole you were so baked (laughs) i don't remember what that was i don't either but i remember that line Uh, um what's your what's your little bit of uh hidden treasure here so my overlooked things from this year uh i would say are one confess fletch which starred john ham no one watched that no, and no. I'm glad someone mentioned that. And yeah. it's great. Yeah. Why is no one watching it? I will watch it. It's on my list. 
It's it's really Watch it. it's really funny. It's based on a bunch of old books from the 70s. Um John Hamm is great. It's probably like the best use of him as like an actor since Mad Men, honestly. Yes. Uh it, it's really crazy. And then um it's got like I think the funniest thing I've seen in a movie this year, which is when he's like committing to a lie so hard that he lets some guy think that a friend of his died violently and it's so funny <laughs> um so awesome. confess fletch is great and then also this movie called see how they run which had sam rockwell in it um and saoirse, and, and saoirse ronan and i would say watch confess fletch and see how they run back to back because that makes sense there's two it's it's a great double feature they're both like murder mysteries uh but there's two characters in confess fletch that are like minor characters, but then in See How They Run, the almost exact same type of characters are the main characters in that movie. And it's like you get to see them in like some different time period. It's It was really surreal to watch them back to back, which we ended up doing just sort of on a whim. A um, couple other things. Uh, I really like this movie this year called Kimmy, which starred uh, Zoe Kravitz, uh, very much a modern day alfred hitchcock movie it, it's pretty much rear window it's uh, steven soderbergh's rear window during the pandemic yeah it's like very modern but like also feels like an old movie too which was cool um and then the last thing i don't even know if i would recommend it because it's been canceled so you know you'll be ending it on a cliffhanger but on amazon prime they have this show called paper girls that was oh excellent. it was good it was so it was good. it was so good the more you got into it the better it got um really the first episode time, it was really good yeah really good time travel story and yeah just like so many other things streaming uh, it was unceremoniously canceled because uh pop culture is kind of like crazy right now and things just get canceled and it sucks uh cat where can people find you on letterboxd and, and instagram because we want to see people to show off your uh, see your work at the concerts and what's your hidden treasure uh, yeah, people can find me on Instagram at Cat Goes to Shows. That's Cat with a K. And then on Letterboxd, my name is Cat underscore Wild. And that's Cat with a K Wild with an E. Um, definitely reviewing things, not always watching the same things as Cole because he watches some insane things. Um, yeah, I have two reviews coming out on thepopbreak.com very soon. I saw Soccer Mommy at the Wiltern. Which was an excellent show, took photos, great opening act as well. Uh, this Canadian band called Tops. We love being at a rock concert and someone busts out a flute. Just going to say nice. it. We love it. Um, also, uh, recently saw the Linda Lindas headline their first longest show ever. Uh, sold out at the Fonda. They are the future and we're yes, going to be okay. Uh, opening act, Tie Tag new small band literally they're teenagers and they're better than some bands out there right now just gonna say that um so keep an eye out for those um two movies i want to talk about one i feel like no one's heard of and the other one everyone's heard of uh the first one is this movie called fire island it came out very yeah. early this year on hulu it is a gay retelling of pride and prejudice need i say what? More? <laughs> i thought it was just a rom-com i didn't know it was a remake of pride and prejudice it's a fucking remake of Pride That's and amazing. And it's stunning. It's incredible. How is that not the selling point of that movie? I don't know. I do not know. It's so good. It's 
Bowen Yang, Joel Kim oh, Booster. I mean, it, it's excellent. And the way that they interpret and reinterpret Jane fucking Austen is incredible. It should be taught in schools. It's so good. And it's so funny and heartfelt and really well made. And um, it's one of those things that, you know, I wish was in theaters. I wish people would see. We need to be supporting gay cinema. Also, I'm always going to be supporting Pride and Prejudice reinterpretations because this is where we are. I think you can watch it on Hulu right now. You absolutely can. It is a Hulu film. It's great. Uh, And I would recommend it to anyone. Um, The other thing I just kind of wanted to recommend was The Fablemans. We just saw it. It's amazing. Uh, This little indie uh, director called Steven Spielberg made it um, about his life story. It's, It's so good. It's so good. If you've even seen a single Spielberg film, it will resonate with you. It's it's so, so good. I've been obsessed with these directors making movies about their youth or their time growing up or something. Licorice Pizza, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Now This. Like it, it they all feel connected and visceral and emotional in really, really interesting ways. Um, everyone see the Fablemans. It's great. And uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Bill for being um, amazing and running the pop break this year and everyone who's contributed and shout out to Al for generally just being an amazing person. I uh, love you guys both. Thanks, Kat. Uh, Amanda, you were our first guest for the year. You will be our last opinion for the year. So I want to get your uh, hidden treasure and where people can find you on social media. On social media, primarily active on Instagram at Mandalorian. And um, my under the radar pop culture recommendation for this year, I feel like not enough Star Wars fans saw it. Um, Not enough people saw it was Tales of the Jedi. Um, Really well done. It's a series of shorts uh, kind of that that involve um, Ahsoka, who's my favorite ever and ever. Um, Ahsoka, you have Count Dooku, you have... Um, you know, of course, a little bit of Mace Windu. You have, you know, it, I mean, it was such, so well done. Of course, we got Qui-Gon Jinn back as well. A little, little bit of Qui-Gon, a little bit of Liam Neeson. Um, always a great thing. So um, these shorts are beautifully done, especially uh, the, the ones involving Count Dooku and, of course, this transition to Darth Tyrannus. So as we, as or of course, as we know Count Dooku, but um but just his transition to the dark side and seeing kind of those again where the emotion is is stepping in. So you're getting more of the background. And that was that was really nice. Um, really nice to see. And so just kind of a, a nice interplay between what was going on in the Clone Wars, the prequels, and and um what's to come. And so uh, I think we're gonna see the beginnings of Fulcrum. Uh or at least Ahsoka, Ahsoka's a uh, 10 years fulcrum anyway. So that's what I'm hoping uh, we'll get a little bit of that in the Ahsoka show. But great great series um another another great animated short series of shorts by dave filoni was great so please check that out and of course that's on disney plus as well guys thank you so much for joining us for this epic conclusion to our third season this might be our longest episode ever and well you know when you have to summarize a year yeah it's gonna be long so thank you all for joining us on this 50 episode journey this year uh thank you for listening to us for the last three years and we're gonna see you next week for season four where i tell al he's got a little red on him 